Hello. Hello. This is Maddie. This is Cass. And welcome back to the Mage Monomyth podcast. The continued adventures of Nymeras Lickstrin through her time at the Conservatory. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> A recap of uh, last session, last session, session four. Uh, you did some uh, exploration of the Crystal Gardens, the Garden of the Seven Sages mm-hmm. at the cathedral. Yes. Where you acquired, uh, where Aerith acquired an Empyrene. Uh, you acquired an Empyrene as well from Goldeneye. Yeah, for Barney. For Barney to lay at his uh, husband's resting place. It's yeah. very sweet. He gifted you a couple of things. He gifted you a stone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he gifted... What's her name? Um, Alanae. Alanae. My own NPC. The jade bracelet. Yes. Yeah. Which Alanae then promptly gave to you because it doesn't match her outfit. For um, three cure wounds, right? Correct. Mm-hmm. Three of the beads have a cure wounds level one. Cool. Do they recharge? I don't remember. Uh, they only recharge if you have someone cast cure wounds. Oh into yes. Them. They're they're effectively like spell storing beads, but they store but, a specific spell. Yeah. Uh, and the stone. Do you remember what the stone does? Do I remember? No. But did I write it down? Yes. It's plus one AC plus one to all saving throws. You tell her, Lila. You, uh, oh. And you, uh, speak and understand Draconic? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the stone itself <clears throat> is in the shape of a dragon's head. With a little topaz on it? Yeah, uh, each eye is a little topaz. Yeah. Cool. I, I think that's where we ended. Mm-hmm. Right? You acquiring those things, getting the Empyrene. Yeah, with the intent of picking up this session with your the next place for for the group to go, uh, which is looking for the lunar route. Uh, it was suggested that the lunar route that there's a mountain grove. It's outside the city to the north, uh-huh. where there's sort of a a small forest that leads up into the mountains. Um, and that is the lead you have on the lunar route. So unless you have any questions in terms of clarification of anything you need before we start. How does Aerith look now that she's gotten her Empyrenees? Is she kind of like, cool, whatever? She does seem a little... Disinterested is too strong a word. Perhaps slightly disconnected. Like, she's accomplished her goal, right? She has the Empyrenees. She Mm -hmm. knows that she's going to be able to summon her familiar. So everything after this is just sort of like bonus for her, you know. Okay. So she has that sort of like I'm huh, I've accomplished what I <laughs> Well, I've done my part. Yes, yes. So yes. Okay. the the one asshole in the group project in school who like does theirs the first night and it's done even though you have 2 weeks to do the whole project and it's like, "Well, now that I'm done, <laughs> what more could you ask of me?" <laughs> you know, that kind of attitude. Gotcha. Good? Yep. Okay. Then with that, the group heads towards the uh, forest just outside the city, which leads up into the mountains. There is a uh, 
outside of the city of Zalesh, now that you've left the city basically for the first time, uh, at least for the first time without your parents there. Yeah. Um, and you've left the city not in a you know noble's carriage, right? Because typically if you would had left the city with your parents, you'd be in a carriage. They wouldn't like let you be unattended outside the city. Now that you are outside the city, unattended essentially, and can roam and uh, you know explore everything that's outside the city, outside the city is much different than inside the city. Just, I mean, that's a fact, I think, both places. <laughs> <laughs> but inside the city, uh, very regal. Mm-hmm. I mean, every district, even the like commons district is still really nice. Uh-huh. Um, outside the city is very... I don't know what the best way to describe it is. It's very uh, medieval peasantry. Okay. Right? It's very... But it has a sort of like quaint feel to it. I mean, everyone that you see, even the people who are like working the fields, everyone looks happy. Even though they are living in relatively poor conditions compared to what you've seen life inside the city. Uh-huh. All the... Houses, all the, all the structures basically look like a slight breeze could blow them over. Like, it's it's very low quality in terms of construction. Yeah. And everyone here is dressed in essentially, like, burlap. Not even, like, standard common commoner clothes. Like, burlap sack type clothing. And everyone's like, hello, hello, hello. Yes, <laughs> yes like the beginning of Beauty and the Beast, yeah. you know? Uh, yes, the, everyone seems to be completely, I mean, even beyond content, just happy. Um, and they recognize, you, you can tell that most of the people that you're passing recognize that you're a mage. Um, and we have our... You do have sorry. the, you do have the circlets, but remember the circlet is a, a newer introduction. True. Circlet's a newer introduction. They do look... I mean, very noble-esque anyway. But just based on what you guys are wearing, like the robes, most of the robes you guys are wearing probably just look like nobles' robes in general. Uh-huh. But you know that the clothing you guys are wearing is very... It's easily identifiable. You guys are mages. As you're passing through, people recognize you. And a lot of the, a lot of the folk that you are passing who are, who are not in the middle of something what's the word in the middle of something that looks like it's hard to stop in the middle of mm-hmm. right like the people who are like tending to crops and things like that where not not easy to just stop in the middle of that or if they're carrying heavy things but most of the people who are like just carrying light baskets and things like that they all stop and they like bow to you oh that's a lot yeah um i bow back i give a little in the same half curtsy little thing I did uh, in the cathedral when that happens like when you turn to like one of the groups when, you know, whatever side you turn to that everyone in that area like like wide eyed kind of like gasps a little bit like like all kind of like comes up from their bow and kind of steps back like mm-hmm. and they they have this look like they're shocked but they're also pleased like like you've graced them with like a sign of respect, 
something that they don't get from seemingly something they don't get from mages very often. These people freak me out. I don't like it. Okay. Uh, and Aerith leans over to you and is like, finally, the respect we deserve. I roll my eyes. <sighs> Alan A slows down so that she can kind of come back to where you and Aerith are. Cause she's She's been quicker paced than most people. Okay. You know that she is generally a a hyper kind of quick... She qu- moves quickly uh, out of excitement and anticipation. But because you guys are going to get the Lunar Root, which is obviously something that she wants mm-hmm. for her familiar, she's, ve- she's even more excited than usual. So you see her have to slow down to come back towards you. And when she gets back to where you and Aerith are, she kind of like squeezes herself right in between both of you. Mm-hmm. And just like... Holding, she has a, a book in front of her. Her hands are grasping the book, and she's just, it's so exciting, isn't it? Um, it's a little different, but um, I'm excited to get into the city. Very loudly, she says, Why are all these people bowing at us? I think it's like a sign of respect because they know that we were. Finger wigglers. Oh, well, aren't they wiggling their fingers too? Like when they make stuff and do stuff and like work the fields. I meant magic. Oh, kinds. But like, isn't what they do also sort of kind of like magic? Like, they grow food out of like nothing and they feed the everyone in the city. You're right. So we should give them the same respect that they give us. Oh. Awesome. And she like rushes off to the side and is like, hello, and just starts bowing like at each individual commoner. Uh, and of course, they have that same reaction they had to you, but she's doing like to every like individual person along the way. She's like, bow, 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 bow. Um, to Keitha? Uh, yes, Keitha. The guard? Yes, the, the, fight, the guild member from the Fighters Guild that is accompanying you. Um, I'm going to, to her, uh, go, uh, excuse me. Yeah? Um, are you from around here? What do you care? I was going to ask if you know the city. Well enough. Cool. Cool. Um... Do you know if these people are... Alright, I'm going to stop you right there. You're a mage. I'm a member of the Fighters Guild. I'm here to protect you. I'm not here to be your friend. I'm not here to have a conversation. I don't really care what you have to say. Let's just keep it. You or your little group over here. And I walk behind you and make sure that you guys stay safe and don't get in any trouble. And as long as you don't get into any trouble... And you don't get me in trouble. I start walking away halfway through her talking. <laughs> <laughs> this is going on too long to say I don't want to talk to you. I walk away. <laughs> Aerith is watching this happen. And Aerith sees you just walk away. And she like tries to get your attention as you walk away. Aerith? Yeah. I go over to her. And she's like. Given the, like, I'm impressed look to you. <laughs> and she, like, kind of speeds up over to where you are. And she's like, 
Not bad, Miss Lickstrin. I roll my eyes. I was just wondering why these people are so... happy. <laughs> well, why wouldn't they be? They live in the greatest kingdom on the world of Din. I suppose, but it, I don't know. It doesn't look like they've been... Like, this is clearly outer city, right? Yes. I don't know if they have the same resources that people on the inner city have been given. Well, they provide most of the food to the citizens of Zalesh. Mm-hmm. And they are certainly well taken care of. Well compensated for what they provide to the city, of course. Oh, that's good. I couldn't tell looking at the architecture. Well, not everyone is... Uh, not everyone's suited for a life of luxury the way that you and I are. I walk away. I want to check in on Sid and Brayton. Well, I want to check in on everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to name everyone. Um, Brayton is walking alongside Chiwi. Mm-hmm. Hey, guys. Hello! <laughs> Nymira! Hi. Hi. How are you guys doing? Brayton kind of steps in, or like, steps into the conversation, air quotes, and he says, oh, we're, we're doing well. I was just uh, explaining to Chiwi, you know, what life is like in a city like this. Mm. Chiwi uh, hasn't really ever been to a, a proper city before. Mm-hmm. Have you been here before, Brayton? Once or twice, with my family, uh, we came here on a guild business, or my family did, and uh, I was given the leeway to, you know, explore kind of on my own, as long as I didn't get in trouble. Mm-hmm. And uh, my sisters and I, you know, we did a fair bit of exploration through the city. I wrote a letter to my parents uh-huh. last time. Have I gotten a reply back since then? You have not. Okay. I have no walking around money. Uh, yeah. You currently have no <laughs> walking around money. Eldon gave me one platinum. Ah, uh, yes. That I have. So ten gold. Yes. Uh, Brayton, uh, like, kind of leans down to Chiwi and is like, well, do you see that over there? That's uh, a granary. That's where they store all of the grain that's harvested. And Chiwi's like, aha! Cool! And you kind of get the impression that Chiwi is sort of, like, mildly interested. Yeah. But Brayton is giving Chiwi the, like, and that's that's farmland, and that's an ox, and, the, you know, <laughs> just, like, treating Chiwi, like, I guess, mansplaining, right? Maybe? Okay. Like, uh... Just treating Chiwi as if Chiwi knows nothing about civilized society. And Chiwi's like, uh-huh, yeah, cool, I guess. <laughs> Lena and Sid are kind of walking together, and you see that Percy, the ferret, is, uh, like, jumping between Lena and, like, running up Sid's arm. And yeah. sitting, sitting on their shoulder. Yeah. And then running up, like, on Sid's hair and sitting, like, on top of their head. 
uh, kind of for a better view because Sid, uh, Sid's much taller than Lena is. Yeah. Um, and so Percy's kind of like running between the two, and you hear Lena is like explaining to Sid, uh, like pranks, like di- uh, explaining to Sid different pranks that she's done before on people, like pranks that she's pulled. Uh, and yeah. Sid's like, well, did, didn't they get mad after you, after you did those things? Lena's like, yeah, but like, then, then you say, got them, And then they go, ah. And Sid's like, oh, oh, oh okay. That, that seems kind of, seems, seems kind of mean. Well, what do you what do you mean? It's me. I mean, it's all fun and games, you know. It's just it's fun, you know. You do a prank, you, you you do a real good prank, and then they and then they're like, ah, you got me. So it's like I'm not sure that that's something that I I could do. <laughs> hey guys, um, how you doing? Lena's like Nymira. Come on, tell tell Sid, right? Tell them like. You, you do a prank. You do a real good prank, right? Sure, sure. And then and then they get kind of mad, right? And then you go, gotcha. <laughs> and then they're like, ah, you got me. Um, and then they're not mad anymore. Um, um, that never really worked on um, my parents very well. Um, well that's because you got some... Real mean parents there. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. But, you know, if, Sid, if you do um, kind of a more harmless prank that just kind of makes someone confused, those are pretty funny. Um, like what? Um, good question. Maybe, maybe when we get to the city, we'll find a way to do one. The last good one I got, right? You put soap in the fountain, and then when they pump it, it foams up like crazy. <laughs> it's funny. And then everything tastes like soap. And then they got to spend the whole day cleaning it out. <laughs> See, that's a little effort over funny. No, oh, but then at the end of the day, you go, gotcha. And then they go, ah, you got me. Is that what your family does? Who does that? <laughs> Well, my family's sort of like your family, just bunch of bunch of hard headed mean meanies. Sure. They don't, they don't like they don't like pranks. Sure. So who does? You know. One would. Yeah. <laughs> well, let me know how that goes. I got something real good, real good, and she kind of walks away, even from like Sid, but from both of you, basically. She walks away and she's like, yeah, yeah, pranks, yeah. Kind of like speeds up ahead of you guys. What kind of shoes does she have on? Uh, Like heel boots. Do they have strings? Like laces? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. Ah. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> uh, Sid looks a little, they look a little, I don't know. Down? Yeah. Like, it's clear Sid was not into any of the pranks that Lena was talking about. Yeah. Sid is also um, going for the Luna route, correct? Yes. Sid, Brayton, and Alanae are all going for the Luna route. So, Sid. Yeah? Um, what kind of 
stuff do you think there will be for the lunar route? I didn't think that the Empyrenes would be like a whole test of heart. Yeah, I, I... Are you okay? Yeah, I just... I don't understand why... I don't understand people like Lena. Because, like... I know that, like, she means well. And her pranks, in her mind, are harmless. But she was talking about doing stuff that, like... You know, seems actually kind of mean-spirited. Yeah. I mean, not bad or, like, evil or anything. But yeah. just... I don't know. It's just, like, some people think the things that they do are not mean-spirited and they don't mean to hurt other people you know like lena's really nice Mm -hmm. i've I've really liked getting to know her over over the course of the the first year but and and she's and she's good to live with you know and we all have lots of fun when we hang out but like i don't know how could somebody so nice be so unintentionally mean-spirited to other people Well, I think the source of a feeling like that, of joy from catching someone in vulnerability, in a way, um, for some people, that's the only outlet they have to their own vulnerability. And I think, I don't want to speak on her behalf, but... For Lena in particular, I think, to some degree, um, her pointing out the vulnerability of others is a way of making herself feel strong and to kind of make fun of them for having their guard down because she has her guard up. Um, Which can make people a little mean-spirited sometimes. But I, I think it's just, I think there's a little kid in there looking for a way to have fun without wanting to be vulnerable. Um, so, you know, I, as long as she's not hurting anyone, I think she should have a little fun with it. But maybe we can help her find ways to have fun with it, too. Yeah. That that seems like a good idea. I just... I know that Lena means well. And I don't know. I guess... I just wish people would think more about the things that they say and do before they do them, you know? <sighs> like, if I told her that some of the things that she's said and done, like, really upset me, I'm, I'm sure that she would be okay stopping. But I also don't want to... I don't I don't want to make her feel like she has to second guess like everything she says and does in front of me, you know? Yeah. I just wish that I wish that she saw the impact that she has. I mean, and she hasn't done anything like really bad or anything, but like you know? <laughs> I do. Um my older brother is pretty mean-spirited. Um, I, I think when I was talking about vulnerability, I kind of had 
him in mind because um, he was the same way. He liked to catch you off guard and poke fun at you if you had your guard down or were sensitive about something. And I think it's just one way that people like to feel strong before they know that strength is vulnerability and that courage to be open-hearted. So, I think for some people it's just a step on the way to being on the right track, but it's a hard step to get through sometimes, um, especially if you're on the other end of it. But um, I'm, I'm glad you like Lena regardless, and maybe we can find fun ways to do it in a way that isn't mean-spirited, you know? Yeah, I'd like that. Yeah. Maybe we'll even get her a little bit. Their hair, like, flares up. Happy flare? Yeah. Just then, as that, like, hair flares up, you hear Chi-Wee in the background, like, Whoa! I can do this thing where I'm big a big ball of fire. Yeah, we know, Chewy, Chewy, we know. Well, you notice that Chewy's actually talking to a group of kids. Oh, oh, okay. Um, like Brayden and Chewy kind of wandered slightly off the road uh, towards one of the like farm plots, and there's a group of kids there, um, v- like pointed ear, like half elven or elven. Um, uh, there's a tiefling, I mean, the non-human, uh, there's like a, a dwarf kid, right? Kind of all various, uh, a different makeup of the, of the group. And, but none of them have ever seen a goblin before. And they're like asking Chiwi all these questions. Uh-huh. Like, oh my God, you know, where are you from? Mm-hmm. And, oh, your skin is so pretty. It's such a good, like green, solid green color. Uh, and they're and they're they're being very nice and complimentary, but then they're like, "Oh my God, you're a mage! Can you like, can you summon like lightning and 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 fire?" And then and then that's like what's prompting Chiwi to be like, "Well, I can do this thing where I summon a big ball of fire and it goes boom!" And all the kids are like, "Oh, do it, do it!" And they're like, over there. And they're pointing at this old, like, ramshackle. How far like, away am I? Uh, from where Chiwi is or from where the shack is? From Chiwi. Oh, from Chiwi, like, 10, 15 feet. Like, you're, you're, you're pretty close. <laughs> can I pick up Chiwi? Can I, like, grab by the shoulders, pick her up, and pick them up and go, okay. <laughs> like, yes. do that. <laughs> All the children are like, aww, we want to see the big ball of fire. It's, it's dangerous. Chiwi, that's dangerous. What? The shack's over there and there's no one around. And then, like, (laughs) a cinematic camera quick cut to the shack and someone, like, opening the door coming out of the shack. (laughs) And Chewie being like, oh, uh, yeah, maybe it's a bad idea. (laughs) Um, I'm gonna minor illusion a small little... Like a little fireball 
a small fireball. Um, right, I'm guessing they were kind of circled around Chiwi, mm-hmm. and then I dragged Chiwi out. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put a fireball minor illusion explosion in, like, the middle of there. So, like, are we talking, like... The same type of explosion that you saw Chiwi create, but like on a tiny little like a minor scale. little like five foot scale, yeah. Like if you if you dragged the corner of the JPEG and then just like and then like made it smaller, so it looks identical, but just like sure microsized. Yeah. <laughs> sure. So uh, when you create that, uh, all the children are like yay, <laughs> and they're all like cheering, and Chiwi's like oh. Thanks, Nymira. <laughs> no problem. Just maybe don't destroy anything while we're here, like property or you know anything. <laughs> the people's trust in the mages' guild, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm I'm glad you were, you know, having fun with the kids. Yeah, they're really nice. <laughs> They've never seen a goblin before. <laughs> They've never seen a goblin like you before. Yeah, isn't that like the same thing? Because they've never seen a goblin? Well, yeah, I just mean you're a special little goblin, too. Oh, that's really nice of you to say, Nymira. <laughs> you're a special little, um... Devil. Oh, thank you. It, sure, thank you. Because, you know, the horns <laughs> and the tail. Um, mm-hmm. Straight from hell, this. That's kind of scary. <laughs> Are you really from Alice? No. No, I'm not. Oh, okay. I'm a... It doesn't matter. <laughs> um. I thought for a second that you might just be a tiefling. And Chewie walks away. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay. Do we get to the city? <laughs> <laughs> so... As all this is unfolding, you guys make it out of even the outskirts, mm-hmm. and you hit where the forest starts. Mm-hmm. And you can see that there's a little path that's marked by uh, uh, torch holders. They sort of like have a path going into the forest. And as you guys enter and move into the forest, which is what entering is, when you guys enter and as you are moving along the path, you can see the torches continue, but they alternate. So like every... 15 feet, there's a torch on the left, and then another 15 feet, there's a torch on the right. Yep. Right? Zigzag. Um, and you get about a grand total of like 100, 120 feet, 100, maybe 150 feet into the forest, and that's when the torches stop. And you can tell that where the torches stop, there's sort of a, a clearing. Uh, and by sort of, I mean there is a clearing uh, that appears to be... Uh, there appear to be several offerings here. There's nothing in the center of the clearing, uh-huh. but along the outside of the clearing, uh, leaning against all the trees, are various like bouquet of flowers, like a basket of. Is it too circular? Is this a mushroom circle situation? Uh, a mushroom circle. What's a mushroom circle? A portal to fairies. Oh yes, it is. It does appear very mushroom circle esque. Okay. But there's nothing, there are no uh, mushrooms growing around the circle. There just is a almost perfect circular clearing 
right, with trees around it. Uh-huh. And against these trees, like I said, there's like baskets of fruit mm-hmm. and bouquets of flowers. Uh, it's an offering circle is what it looks like. Yeah. If you would like to attempt to know more or recall information about such things, you will need a nature check. Or, Alan, I know you don't really know um, where you're from, really, but do you know anything about this? I don't know if you've studied much on offerings like this before. Why don't you make the nature check? Sure. Because I, I don't have character sheets for the other NPCs. Yeah. So make the nature check and we'll see what information you might gather from Alan A. Eight. Uh, Alan A says, well, hmm. I mean, I know a little bit just from like reading about it, but I don't know like a whole lot about it because I've never like been to the Feywild or met anyone who's from the Feywild except for me. But I guess you can't really like meet yourself. Uh, unless you look at yourself in the mirror. But anyway, I know a little bit about it. Um, it's definitely in like an, a druidic offering circle. Yeah. It is typically like an offering circle where locals come and pay tribute to the druid so that the druid will mm. um, like help them with the crops and, and you know, maybe bring good weather and, and stuff like that. So, and, you know, look out for yeah. the people of the town. But this one is... Not like the ones that I've read about before. Because, like, the ones that I've read about, well, it's typically like a mushroom circle, right? Where there's, like, mushrooms going along, um, like, in a circle. Um, But this one just seems like it was created by a druid, I think, or or maybe a fey creature. Because it has that, like, perfect circular, you know, trees. Um, But it almost feels like there's something missing, like... Like it was shaped, but it was never officially blessed. Mm. Um, oh, maybe it's sanctioned, blessed or sanctioned. It's one of those two. Um, it could be that there was consecrated. A, that's a good word for it. Um, she says it could be that there was a druid here, and there isn't one anymore, mm-hmm. and it was deconsecrated. Mm. But not desecrated, just not consecrated. Anymore. Yeah. Um, or it could be that they were like a druid created the circle, this like grove, uh, but but isn't isn't here anymore. Do you know if we can step into it? Hey, it should be safe. I take a timid step, and then take a long step into the middle. Not the middle. Um, into the ring. Into the ring. Uh, I mean, nothing happens uh, with both your timid step and your long step. Alanae joins you. In the middle. Well, into the ring. Um, no sight of Luna Root or anything. Doesn't seem to be any uh, in, in here, in the grove. I don't know if I have much for an offering. What kind of offerings do I see? Uh, they vary. Yeah. Uh, the most common are like bouquets of flowers. Mm-hmm. Um, not in the. Well, when I think of bouquets, I think of like when you go to a florist and they shape, you know, like a bouquet as a gift, and there's different varying types of flowers and things like that. You know, like a varied bouquet. 
Uh, these are just more like bunches of flowers that have been tied together, all kind of of one kind. Uh-huh. Um, as if, you know, someone picked a whole bunch of roses and bunched them together. Um, there are baskets that include fruits mm-hmm. and vegetables, uh, baskets of like grains, um, basically foodstuffs mm-hmm. and flowers. Uh, there are some weeds, uh, or I guess more accurately, herbs. Uh-huh. Um, but common common herbs that you would find in the area. Nothing based on what you see that's immediately like that immediately stands out, other than food seasoning herbs and uh, general like alchemy herbs. I step out of the ring and to. My party, I go. Did you guys bring anything? Or Aerith moves her hand to like her pack, uh-huh. like her satchel, and slides the satchel like behind her <laughs> because she knows that she does have a a flower on an her offering. that could yeah. be an offering. Probably would be a good offering. Yeah, it just one of those is big so she like slides it everybody else got empty pockets looking at me kind of looking around uh chewy <laughs> says um i could offer to do the fire thing <laughs> i don't want to destroy any of these nice offerings that people have left maybe we can look around to see if there's anything, like, if we could get our own bundle of flowers, or... Um, yeah, you could, if you wanted to, to step out of the ring and kind of look through the, like, the forest directly near where you are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this isn't my quest, but I want to, with the group, um... Yeah, Al- Alanae says, uh, well, I, I mean, I wasn't really prepared to, like, give an offering. I thought we were coming here to take something not to to give something are we sure this is the right place i mean it is has all the signs of like a druid's grove do i know anything about is lunar root lunar root because it glows at night i don't remember does it come out at night lunar root is called lunar root because it glows in moonlight but not like it only appears Correct. It, at it, night. It, there's there's no like it only appears at night or anything. It it is named that specifically because it glows in the moonlight. If only I knew somebody who knew where Luna Root is. <sighs> what the fuck did Elden do with the Luna Root? I don't know. You don't know. You didn't ask. <laughs> no, I didn't. Hey, could we just have that? By the way. <laughs> Um, is what a party would ask. Typically. <laughs> um, I mean, it. I will make an offering because it's nice, whether or not it will help what we're doing. Okay. What? Uh, oh, you, we're gonna search through the forest and find something. Yeah. So why don't you make a survival check or yeah, survival check? Ooh. Sixteen. So as you leave the circle and start spreading out, uh, 
Alan A notices what you're doing, and I don't know if you had said anything like in character to the other group about. Yes, I said yeah. I wanted to kind of like get everyone direct okay. them for whoever is wanting to be involved. Uh, so Alan A uh, kind of goes opposite of you, uh-huh. uh, and then Sid and Brayton and Chiwi kind of all group up. Uh, and Lena and Aerith are sort of, like, looking at each other, and Aerith is like, <laughs> good luck. Like, mm-hmm. she just, like, has very little interest in actually being helpful at this point, but you do see that as you guys sort of start looking, she's like, she takes a step back and, like, looks to her left and her right, and she's, like, not just glancing, but, like, actually, like, scanning, Right. Uh, as far as she can see. Uh-huh. Like, she does look like she's looking. She's mm-hmm. just not moving, so it's not super helpful. Um, and Lena seems pretty... Uh, kind of on edge, but you can't tell about what. Uh, and also not particularly interested in the lunar route. Yeah. Um, so she's also kind of not really helpful, but she does say, uh, like, she turns to, like, her shoulder, and she's like, Percy, go help him out. And so Percy is like, and, like, jumps down and, like, starts scurrying around uh, and kind of searching. Um, you said a 16 was your total? Uh-huh. So uh, as you branch out and start searching, you find pretty quickly uh, in the area, there's a, there are a lot of mushrooms growing in the area. Mm-hmm. Um, with a 16, you know that the mushrooms are, like, that very, like, standard toadstool type mushrooms but not poisonous uh-huh. with your 16 you know that um and there's just quite a bit of them any flowers uh there are no stereotypical flowers like roses or peonies and things like that but sure. what, you, what you do find is a weed that is that grows in abundance in this area that have like little like daisy shaped flowers um, they're not, I don't know that they would have the classification of flower. It's definitely a weed, but it's called Athalas. Uh, it's also, uh, referred to as elf's breath. Hmm. Cool. So you find a bunch of that. And it's flower looking? Yeah. It has little, these, these little buds that open up into like mini daisies. So there is like a flower that grows on the plant, but it's a weed that's often used for uh, herbal medicine. Yeah. Um, I will get a small bundle. Okay. There's a there's a lot of it. It, it grows in abundance in the area. I leave plenty for my friends to pick as well. Okay. And you make your way back to the circle. Yeah, I think I have. Um, Maybe in my component pouch, I have a bit of string that I can tie it with. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, oh, or like um, parchment tying ribbon. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll I'll tie a, a bundle with that. Okay. Yeah. That sounds good. Cool. When you make it back to the circle, you see that Alan A also has a big bundle of the same oven breath yeah uh-huh. um she got like two ha- like big two handfuls massive um and uh sid and brayton 
have a mix of both that and a couple of the mushrooms. Mm-hmm. And you see that, like, Sid is using something similar, like string, to uh, take one of the larger toadstools he found uh, and then wrap the elf's breath, like, like kind of like a bouquet, sort of, right? Where it's, like, surrounding the elf's breath. Um, and, uh, like, as they're coming in and he, they are wrapping the uh, toadstool, Brayton sees what Sid is doing and says... Oh, that's really lovely, Sid. And Sid's like, "Thanks, Brayden." <laughs> and uh, they found find a spot near one of the trees to place their portion of the offering. Uh huh. And Alan A kind of walks up to you and is like, "Great minds." What do you mean? Think alike, because you got the Athalos, and I have the Athalos. Oh, yeah. Anyway, and then just walk, like turns, she turns and walks away and sets hers at the base of one of the trees. Gotcha. Um, yeah, and I set mine down too. You hear, as soon as you set yours down, a like animalistic like grunts. You hear animalistic oh. grunts kind of coming from the distance, opposite of the path that you use to enter the grove. Okay. So the path was coming from sort of like the southeast into the grove. To the northwest, you hear uh, animalistic grunts. Am I the only one that perks up like I heard it? Everyone except for Chiwi perks up because Chiwi's not really paying much attention. I don't know much about wildlife, but can I tell what it is? Uh, why don't you make a nature check with advantage? Because you have your whole group there with you. Okay. Nature? Uh Uh-huh. 19. It sounds like a bear. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. And I am not going to try and make myself sound like a bear. But you hear mysterious bear-like noises. Growl. Growl. (laughs) You hear bear bear growls. <laughs> you is that hear a bear girls joke. Yes, it is. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, uh, you hear bear growls uh, to the northwest. <laughs> cool. Uh, and it's very clearly a bear coming closer. The noise is getting closer. I say. I don't think that's supposed to happen. Alan A says, what are we going to do? <laughs> um, I look at, oh, what's her name? Keitha? Mm-hmm. I look at Keitha. Keitha, like, rolls her eyes and kind of steps officially into the circle because she was still kind of, like, back on the path, like, watching her as is six. Um, you're back. Uh, and so Keitha, like, steps into the circle kind of towards where the noise is coming from. And she just, like, doesn't even say anything to any of you. She just gestures for you guys to, like, back up towards where the path is. Uh, and so she steps forward. Um, and she has her hand, like, on the hilt. But doesn't look like she's taking, like, a battle stance yet. 
Uh-huh. And she, like, is, like, leaning forward. And then you can see, like, her feet separate. And her left foot comes forward and her right foot kind of comes back and angles so that her feet are perpendicular to each other so that she can put more weight on her back foot. Uh-huh. And it's more steady. Steadier. Um, and still doesn't draw the blade, but reaches her right hand over to the hilt and grabs it. Ready. Kind of ready to... Um, and uh, you see Alane is kind of uh, flipping through her book, and it's her spell book, so she's kind of like flipping through, like looking as though she's trying to figure out what to do. Um, Aerith looks a little concerned, but is definitely trying to roll deception to make it seem like she's not. And uh-huh. It's like a natural one type situation, right? Where she's trying to play it cool, but is definitely not. So she's backing up as far back without leaving the circle completely so that she's near where you guys are. Um, Sid and Brayton are also kind of standing slightly closer to each other than before. Chiwi's still pretty oblivious. Uh, and Lena kind of steps in front of Aerith because she, even she can tell like Aerith is not... Not doing well right now. Uh, and so she steps in front of Aerith, like, crosses her arms like a, yeah, what? You know, kind of thing. <laughs> Fuck with me, <laughs> bear. That's crazy. Um, <laughs> My pronouns are, fuck around, find out. <laughs> um, the bear comes into sight. Keitha sees the bear first. And you can hear her foot, like, slide deeper into, like, the dirt and grass. Like, she's really putting a lot of pressure on her back foot to, like, be able to move at any second. Yeah. You you suspect... Dodge action! Is dancing lights just lights? Uh, well, there's two things you can do with dancing lights. You can create four individual lights of varying colors, but you can also uh, cause the lights to merge... Into a, I think, like a vaguely humanoid shape. Uh, it gives off the same amount of light. I don't believe the light increases, but you can do... But its only function is light. Yes. What am I thinking of that gives advantage? Like, makes a glisteny light on a target? Uh, fairy fire. Fairy fire is a cube that's placed, and everything in the cube makes a saving throw, and those that fail glow... And targets have advantage against them. Gotcha. That's what I was thinking of. Um, I'm going to do dancing lights, I guess. Um, Mm Kind of just like um, four lights kind of in front of between us and the bear. Is it like a full on mama bear? What are we looking at? So it looks like it's pretty large. Yeah. it is a... Not an owl bear. It is not an owl bear. It is a brown bear. Avatar the last different. Just bear? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> this place is weird. Yeah. <laughs> just bear? It just um, says bear. <laughs> um, it's a brown bear. However, this particular bear is not... Bears are typically large size. Brown? Capital L. Uh-huh. This is a huge size bear. Oh, it's oh. taking up... Uh, was it nine squares, three by three? 
in terms of a grid. What the fuck? It's a, it's a much larger bear than you've ever seen. Uh, and it gets to about 20 feet from where Keitha is, and you're going to cast... I wanted to can- cast... Cast. <laughs> cast Dancing Light. Um, if I can, kind of like strobe like bad bad colors, like white and reds, um, kind of strobing uh, in between us, probably in like a straight line about five feet up. It's eye-lined between us and it. Gotcha. Um, to try to not spook it, but have it be like, oh, weird, this isn't right. <laughs> gotcha. Um, so you create your lights, yeah. as you have described, and it the bear stops. Uh, and it kind of uh, sniffs a little... In the direction of the lights, it's like trying to avoid looking right at them. Uh-huh. Uh, then it like stands up on its hind legs. Mm-hmm. And it's not just bare. You can tell that like in its fur, around its head, and kind of across its chest, there are like beads. And braided portions of its oh. uh, fur, uh-huh. and like feathers, you get like uh, like those like braided in feathers. Yeah, like long white black with the black. Coat. Okay, this and, guy's like, cool, maybe. Uh, and or y- girl. Y- you you get the sense that uh, it's it's not a wild bear, and it's like it kind of steps awkwardly towards your lights and starts like swiping at them. And you can tell that it's irritated by the. I like your the lights are having the effect that you want them to, but it's also like, cut it out, get the shit out of here. What the? I turn them into like a nice soft light, and I kind of move them out of the way. Uh, it drops back onto all fours, and continues forward very slowly. Does it? Is it growling? What's the body language? Uh. It's calm. I mean, it was it was irritated and kind of aggressive towards the lights. Yeah. Once the lights happened, it was like, and like swiping at them. But then when the lights calm and kind of separate, it just drops onto all fours and continues walking very calmly. Okay. Uh, and when it gets about 10 feet away from Keitha, you hear the like, of like the, the snicked of like the blade being drawn partially. Yeah. Uh, and... The, you see the bear just shake its head vigorously. <laughs> like, no, no, no. And Keitha just looks back like at you guys for a second and looks over at the bear and then looks at you and says, I think it's friendly. And Hello? <laughs> uh, when friend, you, friend or foe? <laughs> when you say that, it just, it just roars. It's like... Rawr. But like not aggr- a talking, yeah, realm. like not aggressive, like not angry. Uh, it just kind of roars in response, and then it it does, does it does that thing that animals do when they want belly rubs, and it just flops down onto the ground, oh. and like kind of half rolls. And Keith is like, "I'm not petting that," and then closes the sword and walks away. Does anyone speak bear? I look at the group. 
no one no one does uh alan i says um well no <laughs> um chewy yeah you want to test out those actually i'll go with you do you want to test out your um declawed hands for something other than nose picking you could get some nice scratches in um that's a bear yeah um it's like wanting tummy rubs well it flopped onto the ground and kind of rolled over on its back a little bit it does that might be the impression you could you might get yes i think you said that i did Um, I'll approach cautiously. It's a big fucking bear. Yeah, it's huge size. I approach. Um, like it's about twenty, little over twenty foot. When it when it stood up on its hind legs, it was like twenty ish feet tall. I wanna um, um, take some of the flowers that um, were in my bundle and kind of pluck them out. Um, and if I can make like a little um, <laughs> flower crown real quick. <laughs> okay. Um, and then I'll approach the bear in its eyeline. Why don't you make a survival check for me? Okay. In my... Uh, game i ran for a bit uh for like a year um we we always struggled with arts and craft roles because they always wanted to do like already crafty stuff and i'm like i guess that's wisdom maybe intelligence something's dexterity based there really needs to be a way to do Mm -hmm. craft checks um (laughs) natural 20 Uh, um to a total survival yeah 22. Uh, it is both quick and uh, efficient. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a solid like crown of Athelas. Uh, that sounds so cool. Yeah, it does. <laughs> um, you're making it sort of like bigger, like you're trying to make it for the... To fit either on the head or if that's too big of a task... Over an ear. Well, there's there's enough there if you want to make it for the sure, head. Sure, sure. Um, well, with a natural twenty. Um, yeah, you you craft something up really quick. Uh, by the time you're done crafting, it has rolled over, back sort of on its side where it, like it can tilt its head up and uh-huh. look at you like normal. I as I approach it, I stay in its eye line. The whole time. I don't want to be approaching it anywhere where it can't see that mm-hmm. I'm getting closer to it. So I'm kind of heading to it in that way. Keitha comes with you. Like, mm-hmm. she kind of walked away a little bit. But as you get closer, she realizes that she should be closer. So she stays next to you, basically. Like, right five foot next next to you. Um, doesn't have her hand on her blade, but is just standing there with you. Kind of yeah. arms crossed, like, ready to... Throw down. Potentially defend you if something happens. Uh, and the bear just sort of looks at you and starts sniffing. 
This big bear nose is like sniffing at you. I um go hi. Um I'm Nymira. These are my friends. Um I'm talking to a bear. Um when you say that it goes <sighs> like that big exhale. Like frustrated? You, uh yeah, sort of. When you say the word bear, it says that. Make an insight check. Uh, 17. Good rolls today. Uh, with a 17- Why'd you say that? <laughs> <laughs> with a 17, you suspect that it is objecting to your use of the word bear. Oh. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, I don't know what else to call you. I, it, when it sees that you're struggling, it like rolls back up and stands kind of stands or sits back right you know how bears do that that thing where they sit you know their feet sticking out like sure. just real like uncomfortable to see a bear sitting like a person sure and it brings its big paws up and it starts like manipulating <laughs> it's like it starts moving its paws um it looks at first like it's trying to do a somatic components of a spell uh-huh did I get the cap, the crown on? Uh, yes, the crown. Yes, he does have the crown on his head. I give him little scratches as I put it on to kind of like smooth out the experience. Nice. As partially to calm him down and partially for myself to be like, okay, this is a nice animal. This is mm-hmm. a nice thing that I'm doing this to. Okay, yeah. here you go. Um, As that's happening and he starts... You know, swirling hands, swirling finger wiggling, yeah, finger wiggling. (laughs) Um, Alan A says, uh, Oh, as he begins finger wiggling and the manipulation of his sword, his claws, uh, Brayton says, Mage, like out loud, uh huh. And the bear goes, (sighs) and Brayton says, Well. You don't look like a mage. And the bear goes, and like shakes its head vigorously back and forth. And Brayton says, oh, are you, are you saying that we're mages? And the bear's like, and like nods its head. Brayton says, I think he's trying to communicate with his hands. Like he's, he's signing to us. Although, it's a little difficult to understand because he doesn't have fingers, they're claws, (laughs) and he can't really manipulate them the same way that we can. But his broad sweeping gestures are sort of easy to understand. Mm -hmm. I think he's calling us mages. Um, I kind of wiggle my dancing lights, kind of like... They all bob up and down in their own space to kind of uh, agree. And if I wasn't giving any somatic component of it, I, I kind of move my hands around to show that I'm doing this. The bear starts doing what looks like a different somatic component. He's obviously signing. And Brayton says... A somatic component or communicating... Well, it looks like he's doing somatic components, uh, but what he's doing is communicating. Oh, okay. Like, 
it it's very clear that his version of it his his gestures need to be broad and sweeping rather than intricate like actual sign language for ASL yes okay yeah so his gestures are more like what you would see someone doing if they were trying to conjure a spell right like okay. these big sweeping gestures but he is trying to do as close to like an ASL like a sign language type um so he, st- he changes the motion to a different different set of motions and Brayden says follow and the bear goes and like nods its head twice and then like gets down on all fours again turns around and walks in the direction that he came I go follow that bear no I don't do that I follow that bear (laughs) Keith says are we really following a bear he's they said they didn't like the word bears so I don't know what to call it Keitha shakes her head and says, It's a wonder any of you mages make it through your training. <laughs> and just shrugs and follows the bear. And everyone else does too, although Aerith stays in the back with Lena. Because uh-huh. they are both not interested, but also a little weary of the situation. Uh-huh. Uh, not far from where you guys are... Um, maybe only a few hundred feet to the northwest, the bear enters another clearing, this one much larger. Um, The beginning of the clearing, uh, basically from the path where you're at, there's a set of like stone stairs that go up to the clearing, and then a stone, like a, a marble arch, which I have this for you to see. Very pretty. Um, but it's like a it's a moss covered arch. It's very decorative. The type of stone is like a like a white marble that has aged. Uh-huh. Um, it's uh, very similar to the architecture that's in Zalesh, uh, in that like Gothic cathedral type architecture. Um, the grove itself has. Uh, several different types of flowers in the immediate immediate area. All all exotic flowers, nothing that should be growing in this area. <clears throat> and even though you are in an area, now that you're kind of going through that the forested area up towards the mountains, that should be getting colder, the temperature has stayed the same. Sort of like a nice uh, temperate climate. And there is a stone altar in the center of the clearing. And it looks like it's surrounded with lunar root. Like it's growing at the base of the altar. And he leads you through the arch. And he gets about 20 feet away from the arch before he stops and turns around. And he begins gesturing again. And begins signing again. Uh, And Brayton says, I think he's telling us... He's saying... Defend stone mage attack. What? Yeah. Like, what do you mean? His gesture, defend, is a self-gesture. The way that he's making it, it's difficult to tell, but it, it looks like he's saying that he defends 
the stone. I'm assuming that oh. means the altar. Yeah. And the bear's like, mm, and like nods its head. Uh, okay. And he's saying, we attack. Attack? And he nods and he says, um, it sounds like he wants us to attack the altar. I start the spell Firebolt to show it, kind of like, um, as I prepare it, it like starts showing this red swirl of fire, um, in my hand with like the black swirling around it. And I, I show it to the, what I can only describe as a bear. (laughs) Um, I show it to him questioningly, like, uh, when you do that, the bear stomps <laughs> on the ground. Yeah. And when that happens, uh, five vine-like creatures come up from the ground, and their arms are like long vines. Yeah. Uh, and we roll initiative. Okay. I was going to say it'd be funny if he stomped the fire out and then said to me his first spoken words, which were... Only you can prevent forest fires. Fifteen. You beat me, so the group will act first. What would you like to do? You have a held firebolt. Firebolt, uh, vine creature? Yep. Do it. They were just in my Strahd game. The blights? Are they blights? They're not blighted, but they are effectively the same stats, yeah. I'm rolling for my firebolt. Okay. Oh, I was asking. Oh. Twelve. A twelve does strike their armor class. Roll some damage. Great. Is it a d10? It is, yes. Great. Bada bing, five. So, fire. as your firebolt uh, strikes the vine creature... Uh, it, like, ignites some of the vines, and then it, like, collapses into a pile. And, uh, the bear stomps, and, like, a bunch of dirt, like, shifts, like, up, and then falls. Uh-huh. Uh, and extinguishes the fire. And the bear, like, nods, like, mm. <laughs> Uh, and then, uh, your group kind of comes forward. Aerith and Lena don't do anything. Keitha kind of crosses her arms Mm -hmm. and, like, kind of half smirks, like, waiting to see, like, what you guys are going to do. And Chiwi looks at you and goes, should I do the thing with the fire? Can I tell, based off where they did it last and the blast radius there was, if there's a safe place to do it here? Uh, Depends on what she... Depends on... How many people are going to be in it, right? Like, Chiwi could do it and get two blights, uh-huh. but that would be it. If Chiwi wanted to get more than that, she would have to hit the bear, too. Mm. But safe, safe, without hitting anyone else but the blights, you could get two of them. Can I direct them where to point and be like, okay, you can do it, but maybe, like, here. Okay! Chiwi <laughs> uh, 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 cracks her knuckles. And, uh, yeah, there we go. Ooh. Oh, 
Oh. I can't do it. Uh, <laughs> thank you for the the audio assist. You're welcome. Um, Chiwi, happy to show off anytime. <laughs> of course, uh, Chiwi uh, gets ready and reaches uh, for a spell component uh-huh. and pulls out a little bat guano. Oh yes, and I don't know. That's probably not going to sound great. <laughs> uh, rubs the bat guano all over their hand and then. Does the same thing they did before, and uh, emanating a small bead appears, and a giant fireball detonates, and the vine blights are obliterated, and the the bear like looks over at it and looks back at Chiwi and roars angrily like, like full mouth open, teeth bare, just anger, and Chiwi's like, okay, maybe I don't do that again. I'm sorry, Mr. Bear! Uh, Miss Bear! Uh, not Bear! I'm sorry! And Chiwi, like, runs back and dives behind Lena and Aerith, like, all kind of scared. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, Nightmare Owl! It's okay, I told you to. Uh, the... Oh, and then Brayton and Sid and Alanae are all there. Uh, and Alanae says, I'm going to try and make it for the Lunar Root. And Alanae, like, just runs uh, towards the circle uh, or towards the, the altar at the center. And when that happens, the bear, like, looks over at Alanae and stomps on the ground. And a bunch of vines, like, come up and, like, grab. They, like, grapple her arm and grab her feet and, like, pull her down. So now she's like kind of on her knees on, on the ground and all the vines are like wrapped around her like, Nymira! Oh, shoot. Uh, a little help. Uh, and Sid and Brayton are kind of looking at each other like, what do, you know, what should we do? And they look at you and Sid's like, should I help um, Alanae? Yeah. Yeah. How, how in combat are we? Like, did I do my action? Uh, there's some wiggle room. It's not like a official, like, combat encounter. Uh, so there's a little back and forth. So what did you want to do? Um, well, I already used up my, uh, firebolt. And, um, I feel a little too nervous to firebolt right next to Alan got mm-hmm. entangled. Yes. Um... I'll bring out a small knife I have um, to try to help um, get her out and be like, Bright- yeah, Brayton, let's, come on. <laughs> so you're going to head over towards where Alan is? Yeah, try to um, cut her out. When that happens, Brayton turns to Sid and says, uh, you know, why don't you take the that one and I'll take this one. Uh, and uh, Brayton... Uh, summons a uh, ray of frost and Sid has produced flame so they both kind of rush a little bit forward and then use their spells to attack the vine blights which they manage to hit and the vines collapse Mm -hmm. and then you get to Alanae and uh, you're going to start trying to cut her out of the vines safely uh huh uh when that happens, the bear gets up and roars and then drops back down and, like, runs towards you and looks like he's about to leap on you. 
or like does leap into the air like he's about to pounce on you. The bear is yes. about to pounce on you. Yes. Me? Can I tuck and roll? Sure. Why don't you make an acrobatics check? Five. So as you move to tuck and roll, the bear lands right where you were, but scoops you up with its paw uh-huh. and like rolls like uh, this is extreme, but like death roll, you know, like gravel and like roll to the ground, rah, rah, okay, kind of back and forth rolls. Um, but you can tell like it's hugging you; it's not trying to hurt you. Uh, well, kind of more like grapply, but it's like rolling away from the altar with you. Okay. And it like sets you down. Yeah. And then it like nuzzles you, and then it turns and runs towards uh, Brayton and Sid. Okay. And manages to like get very close to them, but not exactly fully to them. Okay. Make an insight check. Ten. It's very clear to you that he's trying to play a game. Like a king of the castle, capture the flag type game. Everything that he and the Blights have done, well, he's done, basically, is to prevent Alanae from getting to the altar. And then you went to try and get Alanae out of the vines, and he rolled you way away from the altar and set you down, nuzzled you to show you that it's playful, then ran back. Okay. So it's clear that he's trying to keep you away from the altar. Mm-hmm. Where the lunar root is. But I'm now closer to the altar? No, you're farther away. He's rolled away from the altar. And I've been dropped off where? At the edge of the circle. On like the opposite side of where your party is. Okay. So you're about 30 feet back from the altar, but on the very opposite side of where you entered the, the clearing. What do you want to do? I'm going to run back in that direction. Okay. <laughs> um, I still want to get Alanae out. I'm going to, if the bear's distracted, if not bear's distracted with Brayton and Sid, then mm-hmm. I want to try to uh, get Alanae out. Okay. Uh, you can make it to her and... Are Aerith and Lena and... Was that it? Aerith, Lena, and Chi Did Chiwi now? Uh, Chiwi is with them as well, yes. Right. Um, I, <laughs> now that I'm back near them, right? Yes. I go, um, what you guys doing? Help out. Aerith says, you have this under control, Zixtrin. Uh, does it look like we have it under control? Keith says, no, but it's really entertaining. <laughs> Besides, the bear's, you know, he's being playful. It's fine. <sighs> You're not in any real danger. <sighs> I'm only supposed to step in if there's actually. I danger. run away. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I book it towards Alanae again. Mm-hmm. Like, you guys are no help. I go well, back. You get to her, and you're going to, I assume, use the action to. Try to cut again? Cut yeah. Her, yeah. If you use your whole action, you can cut her completely out of the entanglement. Cool. I do so. As you do that, you watch as the bear like is like running and it leaps forward towards Brayton and Sid, and it pulls its big like claws out to its left and right, like and like grabs them and like tumbles forward and like tosses them onto the ground, uh-huh. and then it's they go you know about fifteen feet away from the bear, and uh, he just sort of like looks at them and gives them like a. <clears throat> 
and like turns and rushes back to the altar and like puts two paws up on the altar like he's using it to like push himself up uh-huh. and he kind of roars but not angrily just like a ha ha kind of thing Alan says should we get the lunar root should we go to the altar I have an idea I'll be a diversion I'll go out this way like I'm going for it and I'll make a big deal out of it and then as I'm doing that as the bear's attention is on me you go and try to get to the altar okay okay I'll wait for your I'll I'll wait okay once the bear's attention is on me then you can go Okay. okay I'll wait yeah um, I start going that way. Is the altar like where the lunar root yes, is? Yes, the lunar root's growing at the base of the altar. Is the bear's attention already on me or back towards the altar? It's He's at the altar. Mm-hmm. His paws are on the top of the altar. And he's like standing over it. And he's like like guarding it, basically. But he's looking directly at you and Alan. Oh, okay. Um, I'm gonna book it right um kind of circle sweep the altar and try to like hang right but um approach the altar so it's kind of like a curve Mm -hmm. in um as as if i'm trying to why don't you make a deception check since you are attempting a a ruse okay Uh, 18 So, you kind of sweep wide, uh-huh. come around back towards the altar, and he looks like attention fully on you, and as you come around, and right as you're getting towards the altar, he pushes himself off and leaps towards you, like grappling you, basically, like bear hug. To grapple me? Yes. Let's see if he does. <laughs> Uh, make an athletics check or an acrobatics check to avoid the grapple. Athletics, acrobatics. Ooh. That's a natural 20 for acrobatics. What's your total? 22. Just enough. As he <laughs> launches himself towards you, he's about to land where you are. You're able to kind of like duck away from him and he tumbles over you, just missing you, and like rolls flat on his back. <clears throat> As he's rolling, I want to minor illusion some lunar root into my hand. And then as he's rolling, start like running away from the altar as if I got some and I'm running away. Gotcha. As um, hopefully Aerith is doing her thing by now. I'll check. Uh, Alan A? Yeah, yeah. as Alan yeah. is doing her thing by now. Um, yeah, as you like turn to run away with your lunar root, yeah. air quotes, uh, you look over at Alanae, and Alanae's like, oh, now? <laughs> yeah, go ahead! She goes, okay, and then she disappears and steps mistily to the altar. Hell yeah. And, like, grabs some. And Hell like, yeah. Woo! <laughs> I did it! We did it! Uh, and the bear kind of, like, rolls up kind of slumped over and sees Alanae holding Lunar Root in the air and sees you, like, holding your Lunar Root in the hand, like, running away all sneakily, like, oh, I got it, chase me. Uh, and uh, he just 
and like slumps his seeds yeah kind of hands down a, a paws down on the ground and he like rolls forward a couple times until he gets towards the altar uh and uh he like gets over to where alan a is and alan a is like holding the thing up but she's like a little bit intimidated so she's like frozen like uh-huh. and the bear gets like right up to her and like you know that uh there's that like photo that exists from Aliens franchise where it's like Sigourney Weaver and then the alien like right next to her face, yeah, yeah. right? She's like st- Alan is standing there with the lunar root held up and is like a wide-eyed, totally like paralyzed with fear, and the bear is like mm-hmm. nose, cold nose, like right on her face, and then <laughs> big tongue right on the side of her face, and she's like. Ooh, I really thought you were going to eat me. <laughs> uh, and I poof my lunar root nice. out of existence. Um, good job, Alan A. Well, that was like all you. No. Okay, it was mostly me. Yeah. But like some you. <laughs> like a little bit of you. I helped, yeah. Yeah. Brayton and Sid, are you okay? They, so they're like... On the ground, Brayton is like laying there with his fingers laced mm-hmm. on his chest, and his feet crossed like he's relaxing. And Sid, his head, their head is on Brayton's like chest, like kind of. They're just chilling over. No, like well, Sid is Sid's uh, looks like. Uh, uh, remember in Avengers when Hulk. Beats the crap out of Loki, yeah, and, yeah. and Loki's like, <gasps> so that's like Sid's that. He's like, <gasps> even though you can tell he's not injured, but he's like shocked. Yeah. And because Sid can't move or isn't moving, Brayton's like, mm, shoulder shrug, just waiting for Sid to move. Uh, and Sid's just like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> When you hear Brayton like, Sid, are you okay? And you hear... I go over to them. <laughs> Sid, are you hurt? It seems like yes, or are it, they faking it, it for attention? It's, it's it's drama, right? It's, uh, it's very dramatic. Okay, Brayton... I won't waste one of my brand new cure wounds on you then. <laughs> Brayton, Brayton looks at you and says, they're fine. They're just a little shook. Well, I think we get the lunar root now, if you guys want some. Did you hear that, Sid? We can get some lunar root. I can bring some over. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'll i go over to the altar. How is a bear not a bear? <laughs> That's the question I'm asking myself. Uh, well, the bear gets to the altar, like, stands in front of the altar, and does... The bear gets to the altar and begins the wide-sweeping gestures, although this time it does actually look like spell... Like a somatic component. And when he... Does it... Does not need it? Does not need this component to do the spell? What, the, the hand component? Yeah. Assuming it's casting a spell, yeah. It's like a necessity... Why are you asking? It's like a bare necessity to do this oh, component. Jesus. 
he completes the spell <laughs> by placing his paws on the altar and there's like a soft glow under his paws. Mm-hmm. Um, and when that happens, the archway glows. And then stepping out of the archway is a woman who is... Another bear. Nearly seven feet tall. She is has long, flowing, golden hair. Uh, and has a series of almost tribal uh, markings, like tattoos, bright blue tattoos across her both her arms, on her face, kind of like scar, right? Like over through her eyes. Uh-huh. Um, she's wearing uh, clothes that are trimmed with and colored very similar to the blue of the tattoos. Um, she's very... She has a very a large, uh, muscular physique. Uh, what is she? She looks human. Oh. Yeah, she looks human. You said seven feet. But she's she's close to seven feet tall. She's six nine, and uh, she enters. Uh, at her waist is a sickle, mm-hmm. like a crop harvest yeah. sickle. Um, and uh, all of the markings across her tunic and her pants feel very runic. Um, but she does, she carries herself uh, very druidic. And you can tell when she enters the grove, everything like blooms a little bit bigger. Yeah. She's probably the druid that owns the grove. Yeah. Or that created the grove. And she says, <clears throat> Now, now, Menace. There's no need to be... Uh, well, there's no need to be uh, cruel. I thought you were going to say, a menace. And he just roars, and she says, Yes, but they didn't know you were playing a game. Did well, you we... know that Menace was trying to be playful? <clears throat> we kind of picked up on it. Hello, I'm Nymira, and these are my friends. Nymira, are you a mage from Zalesh? Yes, we're from the conservatory. Well, I welcome you to my grove. My name is Gildara. I see you've met my friend Menace. Yes, and um, he was quite pleasant, so... Yeah. I look at his um, flower crown. Oh, where'd you get that, Menace? <laughs> it looks very good on you. And he's like, mm. Did one of you make that for him? I do a little kick in the grass. Well, I'm sure Menace very much appreciates his new look. Don't you, Menace? <laughs> sort of like a begrudging, like, yes. Um, we were here for Lunaru, for familiars. Is it okay that we take some? Did you leave an offering? We did. Then yes. You may take as much as you need. I I haven't had many visitors out here recently. Well, you might get a few. Um, the students are making their rounds. I haven't had a student from a university come here looking for Lunarood in 
several decades. Oh. Wow. The conservatory you said you're from. Yes. Yes. Most students choose Bloodroot. Uh. And a few choose... Oh, what's that flower? And Aerith is like, It's called an Empyrene! <laughs> and she's like, Yes, that. Very rarely do you get a mage, at least here on the East Coast, that wants Lunar Root for a familiar. Well, <clears throat> our group had several. So, thank you. Um, is everyone good? I look at the group. Yeah, by now Brayden has like helped sit up and they're still kind of shaky, but they're good and Brayden's good and they have their lunar root and then you can see them like tucking the uh, Brayden's tucking both of the lunar root for them into his own pack. Um, and the rest of the group's kind of waiting there and Keith is like Keitha walks up to the druid. Okay. And Keith is only like five nine or five ten foot so I'm just looking right up at her and Gildara says is there something I can help you with you don't seem the mage type and Keitha like crosses her arms and is like I'm with the fighters guild Gildara says very noble organization from what I hear she says uh, Keitha says yeah, they teach us not to like druids very much. You're supposed to be wary of your kind. Well, I've welcomed you into my grove. You've met my friend, who was playful and inviting. Doesn't seem like much to be wary of. She said, That's always what someone says, when you should be weary of them. Is there anything else we can do for you before we head out of here? No. If you have what you need, may your journey back to Zalesh be quick and uneventful. Thank you. Cool. <laughs> um, the, uh, I'm good to go. As Gildara and Menace kind of walk away, you hear her say, don't worry, Menace. We'll work on the spell we need to get you back to the way you were before. And you hear him like, you know, kind of uh, seemingly implying that he is not a bear, but is perhaps trapped in his current form. If it looks like a bear and growls like a bear, it's probably a human trapped in a true polymorph spell. Yeah. It does have uh, the teeth of a bear. You might say bear grills. Oof. <laughs> rough that's what you get for that bare necessities joke um we leave you leave okay well you've been to both of the places that you know that you know the location of uh -huh. right? you went to the cathedral uh the gardens and got the imperionese take me to church okay sorry uh you should do more <laughs> singing on this podcast um no because of copyright Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. That's why I half sung it. That's why I half sung it. Take me to the cathedral. Doesn't know the same. <laughs> anyway, uh, you've been to the cathedral gardens for the Pyrenees. 
You have been to the uh, Mountain Grove. Mm-hmm. You've acquired the Lunar Root for Sid, Brayton, and Alanae. Uh-huh. And the Epirianese for Aerith, uh, which just leaves the Blood Root for you and Chiwi. And uh, Lena. Lena doesn't take any Lunar Root. Um, to her on her way out. Can I talk to her? Yeah. So, I noticed you didn't get any Empyrenes or Lunar Root? Yeah, you know, it just didn't, didn't feel right. So, there's only one option left, as far as I know. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Are you okay with that? I mean, we gotta get some anyway, you know? You know yeah, yeah. Okay. She kind of... Like, looks over at uh, Percy. Mm-hmm. And you can tell that she's deep in thought. Mm-hmm. She seemed nervous. Kind of, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Percy's just, like, sitting there, like, chasing his own tail in a circle. Yeah. And then the other direction, and then the other direction. <laughs> and then he, like, looks up, and then he, like, crawls up on Lena's shoulder, and then, like, Drapes himself around her, the back of her neck, like a scarf almost. Mm-hmm. And he just lay, like lays there. Cute. And she's like, well, where are we going to get that stuff anyway? I don't know. Um, did I do any smart person research before we set off on this quest? Let's go back and listen to the other four episodes of the podcast and find out if you did. No? Okay. Uh you know that there's only one place to get it. Yeah. It, it grows naturally in one place. Yes, but do I know how to get there? That is not something that you would have uncovered. Okay. Other than the general, like, powerful mages who know plane shift spells can shift planes. And, you know, there's a Hellas Gate up north. Uh, those, those two things would stand out in anything you would read. But other than that, difficult to say how to get there but lena says why don't we just ask zarda you know i get the funny feeling that with the conservatory and all it stands for i wonder if we're closer to the answer than we think yeah maybe we should ask zarda i mean she can't tell us to like get something and then make it friggin' impossible to actually get right right I can see her maybe doing that, but we should ask anyways. Maybe, maybe we'll see. Everyone in the group agrees. Agrees. We make our way back. When you arrive, Zara is standing at the top of the steps, just as she was when you arrived for your first day. Mm-hmm. Like expectantly. Like, she knew you were coming. Mm-hmm. And when you guys, like, get close to the base of the steps, she shouts out, Well, come now. I hurry. I... <laughs> I'm going to say it again. I white person crosswalk. <laughs> <laughs> That's just a nim thing. Uh, nim walk? I... Nim walk jog to uh, where they are. Sarda says, I suppose you're about to ask me how you're going to come across Bloodroot. 
Um, yes. We we found Empyrean's and Luna Root for some of our um students. Um, yes, we were looking for the next. Surprisingly, you're the first group to actually ask. Everyone else has scoured the grounds and visited every alchemy shop in town. In the city, I guess you would say, because it's a like major metropolitan area. Uh, but you're the first to ask. At least, the first to ask me. Oh, um... Come now, quickly. I, to the rest of my group, kind of wait for them to come with. She stops and she turns to look at you and the the group. And she says, I hope none of you are faint of heart. We will be entering the realm of Hellas. And all the mages in your group just kind of have varying degrees of, like, excitement and curiosity and, like, a little... They're a little timid. But Keitha is, like, wide-eyed, like, nervous. Mm. It would have been funny if she was just like, that's my time, <laughs> and walked away. <laughs> um, but, I mean, they, you know, Zarda turns and is like, quickly now, and then leads you guys... Uh, into the main building. Uh, on the other side, you come out into that courtyard, and you guys head to one of the uh, tallest buildings on campus, a building that none of you have been in in your time here throughout your first year. A building that is... Uh, anytime anybody would have ever asked about it, it's it's one of those, oh... We, no one talks about that building. Like it's it's nothing. None of your courses are there. Like there's no reason for you to go there. Zarda leads you to this building, mm-hmm. and she uh, speaks in Infernal when she gets to the building, and she's clearly uttering like a passphrase. Uh, I know Infernal. Yeah, uh, it's it's a passphrase for entrance. Um, you know that there's a spell called Arcane Lock. Mm-hmm. And if you speak the command word, you can suppress the magical lock. Open sesame. Uh, uh, open says me. Uh, and so she she speaks the, the command phrase and the door opens. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, she gestures for you to enter. And it is... Once you're inside... You see that the building, the interior of the building, it's just one large, almost like a mage's battle arena. There's like bleacher style or like bleacher style seating yeah. all the way around, based on the size of the building on the outside and what you're seeing on the inside. Like there's no rooms other than this room. Yeah. Uh, maybe small like a, like a locker room type, but there's no other big rooms attached to this. And it's just a, looks like a, a fighting arena. And Keitha says, does the Fighters Guild know that you have an arena here? She says, it's where we, uh, Zarda says, it's where we perform our more delicate rituals for conjuration and occasionally mages test their skills against each other. And Keitha says, that's 
against guild regulations, you're not allowed to have a pit that's unsupervised by the fighters' guild. And she says, know your place. And Keith is like, yeah, fuck it. Not my place to say anything about this. Damn. Like, hand, hands up, doesn't fucking say anything else about it. And Zarda comes to the middle and says, the incantation I need will take some time. Be quiet and do not <laughs> interrupt the spell. She says, uh, like, everyone... She gestures where each of you should stand, like, around her. Can I nod, and then I hear Lena inhale, and then I cover her mouth? Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then just a soft... I nod bigger, and then I kind of move her head to nod. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, she's way down here. I move her head to nod. <laughs> Um, and as, as you all find your spots and get settled in, uh, she begins, uh, incantations for a, a r- spell, seemingly a ritual. Big room? How big? Uh, the room itself is probably a couple hundred feet. Is it a, wow. Is it yeah. an hour incantation? Do I know? Uh. 10 minutes? Paul? 10 minutes. Okay. Yeah. As we're, can we get far enough away so that whispers are, they seem okay? It, she's instructed you to stand in very specific place. Oh, 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 oh. But oh. if you want to have said anything to your friends before the thing started, you can. But once, once she started, she expects you to stay in place. Okay, that's fine. Okay. I, I stay quiet. Uh, she's speaking infernal, uh-huh. and... You understand what she's she's uh, reciting different she's reciting names of fiends it seems like devils uh, and she's referencing Hellas which everyone understands Hellas uh, she seems to be calling upon like the powers of the infernal to strengthen her uh, to empower the spell. But nothing that she says in the spell itself in would give any sort of indication as to what exactly she's trying to do. But she told you that she's teleporting everyone to hell, Hellas. Um, but nothing in the spell sounds like a teleportation or anything like that. It just is a almost kind of mumbo-jumbo, like, I call upon the powers of Asmodeus and the yeah. powers of Mephistopheles and the powers of this and that. Empower me, blah, Make blah, a churchy? Blah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But she's, you can see, like, glowing magic around her hands, like in the infernal red, and she's, it's very clear that she's doing a spell. It just the words sound very mumbo-jumbo. Uh, do you do, say or do anything um, I stay quiet. I, uh, I take a private journal and if there's anything about the components that she's using that intrigue me, like if any glyphs are glowing or any like hand gestures, I'm like, oh, I didn't know that could be part of a magical component or any like key phrases she's saying I'm, I'm i just want to um uh for my memory kind of uh take down notes of details of this that intrigue me sure yeah 
she's not using any physical components. Uh-huh. Um, nothing on the ground seems to be glowing. Um, really, the two things that she's doing are somatic components with her hands and causing this sort of infernal reddish glow. And it does, like, trail, you know, like that light photography, you know, when you... Yeah. It's trailing, and she's clearly gesturing and maneuvering, but no runes form. Uh, and everything that she's saying is, like, just generic. magical, gen- like, generic mumbo-jumbo Can type. I tell if if she's doing a spell spell, or if this is, like, a front to make it seem like it's a big, difficult thing to do when actually it's just like a simple th- it's just like there's a secret lever but she's acting like it's all one complicated component so that people don't know it's just one little lever that you can pull on your own make an arcana check no <laughs> natural one oh. the dice gods giveth and taketh away it's definitely a totally legitimate... God damn it. High-functioning... God, God damn it. <laughs> like Rube Goldberg-esque Fuck magic spell. Fuck me, okay. The spell finishes. She finishes the spell. And rippling out on the ground from her in every direction, and then like up the walls, and then meeting back into the ceiling, it almost looks like the peeling away... Like, you're peeling that, like, latex paint, and it's just, you know, one long piece that's, you know, pulling away. Yeah. Like, it's being, reality's being pulled away, revealing the interior of uh, what is very clearly a stronghold in Hellas. And the room appears very similar to the room that you left, but everything's of that hellish landscape, fire, brims, it smells of of sulfur skulls over everything it is you are you are from what it seems in a stronghold in hellas damn it's hot it's it's not to the point where it's so uncomfortable everyone's like sweating bullets and everything but it's warm enough that it's like oh that was like a like a 15 to 20 degree change drastically you know like from 70 to 90 boom it's hot, you know? Uh, and she says... Uh, like when you walk out of an Arizona airport. <laughs> <laughs> so she, she like looks around and she says, seems, seems our arrival was unnoticed, which is good for us. It won't be long until parties... Interested will find outsiders here, so we should move quickly. Uh, she gestures to the large door, which is in the place of the door that would leave the building that you came in through. Mm-hmm. She says, just outside that door shall lead you to Hellas. And right as she says, and, like interrupting, you hear a voice kind of echoing through the chamber, and it's a very... Uh, silky, like, seductive, feminine voice. Oh, I was going to say Ron Perlman. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, and she, the, the voice says, Well, hello, Zata. It's certainly been some time since you've paid a visit. 
I see you've brought snacks. And kind of stepping out of a invisibility spell, like as it like pulls away, similar to the reality pulling away, leading to Hellas, uh, is a what looks like. Uh... Can I pause you? I Nymira does one of those like full body cartoonish like shutters where like it starts from like the tip of her toes and all the way up of like <laughs> <laughs> like an excitement shutter um mm, it's a cocktail <laughs> ah, okay <laughs> a lot of nerves uh who whom is revealed uh a feminine figure with large black and red leathery bat-like wings Mm -hmm. small very small little like red horns like tiny little stereotypical like little devilish horns long flowing red hair gorgeous red hair uh and a uh an outfit that screams uh fredericks of hollywood just this black and red yeah like uh very see-through the red like Black see-through, like, mesh, right? With, like, red lace along. Very over-the-top, like, lingerie. Uh, Her uh, skin tone is very um, tan. And you can see her arms lead down into these really dark, like, black claws. Yeah. Like, they are not hands with nails that are long. They are, like, literal taloned hands. Uh, and she has these thigh-high black and red leather boots that have like a metal piece right on the kneecap. Very sexy. Is there a Mrs. Scary Lady? <laughs> <laughs> you can see the stereotypical like pointed devil's tail. Um, and uh, she has a like large gold chain around her neck. Um uh, she uh, kind of steps out of that invisibility and she says, Thank you for delivering dinner, but you won't be needed, Zarda. And she snaps her fingers and Zarda disappears. <laughs> like, Zarda's like finger up, like, wait a minute, like, just as she's about to open her mouth to say something, boom, she's gone. And Keitha looks terrified. I was about to talk to her, but... <laughs> like, <laughs> hands not on the blade yet, or not on the hilt yet, but she, her eyes are wide. She is terrified. And you can see it out of your peripheral, like, all of your friends yeah. also seem very concerned. I mean, you're seemingly in Hellas, and Zarda just got banished with the snap of a finger by a devil. Was the door shut? The door is shut. The room that you're in isn't fully enclosed. I go... Hello? We're just coming and going. We're... Oh, no, 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 no. You have to stay. We... Um... We'll we'll be right out of your hair. <clears throat> oh, I think I think you'll be just fine right there. Let's go, let's go, guys. And she snaps her fingers, and these l- large bones 
like they look like this a series of fingers burst up through the ground and block the door like create like a bone cage this is clearly an enemy fight <laughs> she says it's not polite to play with your food but we're a little short on politeness here <laughs> and she snaps her fingers again and several uh blobs like ooze up through the ground and form like they look like little humanoid shaped pudding blobs yeah with these strange like melty like candle wax melting faces yeah uh, I'm still level zero, correct? Yeah. Okay. Okay. And they form kind of like around you guys. There's seven of them. And there's eight of you, including Kiva. Yes. And she says, now, now, don't resist. Or do. It might make the food taste a bit meaty. Do I remember in um, the book I read... If this character is ringing any bells of, like, a person that... It's not Mephistopheles. Make an Arcana check. Arcana? Mm-hmm. Uh, unnatural 20. Uh, based on the physical description, based on what she looks like, uh, and based on uh, what the features of the stronghold look like, you suspect that this might be the archfiend named Ashtaroth. An archfiend, you said? Yes. Ashtaroth is a powerful succubus. Scary. Did did um did I hear about this in um the book i got from the library <clears throat> you you did um my, mystical mephistophicles you did one of the archfiends that he dealt with yeah on the sixth layer of hell which is malbolge mm-hmm. uh is the archfiend ashtaroth uh-huh um hierarchy in Hellas, typically there is a single archfiend that uh, rules over each level. So she's single. But <laughs> but there are devils, archdevils, that become powerful enough to be archdevils, uh-huh. archfiends, but they are not rulers of their own level. So Ashtaroth is a fiend that works for uh, used to work for the Archfiend that ruled over Malbolge. Mm-hmm. Malak. Mm. Malak was at some point overthrown and replaced. And uh, in that replacement, in that overthrowing, came uh, Ashtaroth throwing herself at the mercy of the new ruler of the sixth level of hell, which is Glazia, who is supposedly the daughter of Asmodeus, who rules over all of the nine levels of nine layers of hell. Um, so Ashtaroth committed, like pledged loyalty and service uh-huh. to Glazia, but doesn't actually, at least according to the book. 
Mephistopheles, the the mystical Mephistopheles, was able to bargain with Astaroth by leveraging the fact that her loyalty is uh, a deception. So the book took place after Moloch already had his descent? Correct. Or ascent? <laughs> is there in hell? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, no time frame on the book, but probably a while ago. Um, of course, time flows differently in uh, Hellas and some of the other realms. Um, but yeah, so according to the book, Mephistopheles was able to bargain with her by leveraging that fact. Okay. That, that her loyalty to Glazia was a deception. Uh, these little blobby dudes yeah. start closing in and roll initiative. Ah! That was not a rule. What'd you get? 11, chief. You beat me. So, your group will act first. uh, And uh, given that you are a solo player, you will make the decisions for what the group does. And I will narrate what happens after you decide what you want them to do. Man, an, an ally turn and a enemy turn it's almost like what'd you ask me what you what you want to do oh <laughs> it's, it's your turn uh, huh. my only combative spell right now is firebolt um which i will use okay <laughs> no um nine total a nine does strike their armor class. They have a negative dexterity. Sweet. Um, go ahead and roll damage. Nice. Nine. When you cast your fire. Oh. <laughs> nine fire damage. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you, you you and I are on, they're on the same page now. When you <laughs> cast your firebolt, you immediately know, like, as the fire's arcing its way, you think to yourself, wait. Hellas, fiends, fire. And then your firebolt strikes it. And it seems to take full damage. The The body like melts like candle wax into a puddle and dissipates. And you can see like the fumes, like stenchy, sulfury fumes come up from the body. Is this a simulation? That's a strange question. Can I see... <laughs> Can I gauge if um, this Ashtaroth character is like, if this is also putting on a show, like how Menace the Bear was? Menace the Not Bear? Make an insight check. Ten? I mean, Ashtaroth hasn't done much except for, you know, banish Zarda, block the door, and summon up these, like, blob creatures. With a 10, you'd probably get that Ashroth is not... You said I control my friend's actions? Uh-huh. <laughs> Can Aerith make the same guess? <laughs> the same... Uh, or, or sees me, like, looking around, and it's like, what is she looking around for? Uh, Aerith will ask you what you're doing. Like, we have a fight on our hands. I... This feels weird. Like, why would Sarda... Leave us here. She didn't leave us here. That 
crazy winged bitch sent her back. But we, she would know. She would know that that would happen. What do you, what do you mean she would? Hello! And she, like, points at the fiends that are, like, slowly sludging their way towards you. Everyone else will um, attack at them. Sure. Let's see. Brayton and Sid. Uh, Brayton summons his uh, Ray of Frost uh, and tries to strike one of the creatures, but it uh, the blob, like, reshapes so that the bolt goes straight through the blob so he doesn't get hit. But Sid uh, has a Produce Flame. Seeing how effective your flame was, Sid uses Produce Flame, and they strike the creature like dead center mass, and the creature melts away into a puddle. little steamy, sulfury fume coming up. Um, uh, Lena is going to uh, use... Uh, she pulls out like a sling from her pack. Yeah. And she pulls out a couple of sling bullets and she's like, I got this. And she slings a sling bullet. Is that uh, a bolo? Yeah, like a... Uh, it's like a long piece of string and in the middle there's like a leather One that she pouch. like wrist flicks? You, well, she you what you do is you grab the, the, the two ends of the the long string yeah and in the center of that string there's a leather pouch that holds a sling bullet yeah and then you grab both and you uh, uh like a lasso yeah. right and you let go of one string which flings the bullet forward yeah. yes uh she manages to strike it in the forehead and as it like passes through you see like sludge uh coming out the back and then like a hole and if this was like a movie, the camera would pan down and you could see Lena like through the hole in the <laughs> distance, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and she's like, yeah, got, got him, you know? The, uh, and then it like, blah, 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 like melts and the sulfur fumes kind of uh, rise up. Uh, Chiwi says, uh, um, Nymira, I already used my fireball <laughs> earlier and I don't have any more. Um, what do I do? I don't have my claws. <laughs> I can't, I can't use my claws. Um, I'm going to hand them, um, my knife. It's like a, here's a claw for you. <laughs> uh, Chiwi takes it and it's like, okay, you say so. And they just take off charging at one of them. And uh, they like leap forward onto one and like stab it in the chest and then are like, Aah! and just like, just savage. Yeah. Just stabbing it over and over and over. Like until it's nothing. Like it just falls. The sulfur. Okay, okay, Chewie, you can stop. It's gone now. Uh, okay. Did I do good? You did a really good job. Uh, okay. Um, let's see. It's Brayton and Sid. Oh, so we have Alanae and Aerith, who I didn't do yet. Um, Aerith will uh, charge up and fire a firebolt also. Mm-hmm. 
But her fire is like an elvish blue fire. Cool. Azula style. Yeah. Uh, and she strikes, and we'll see. She's being competitive with you. So she summons her firebolt, and it strikes it, and it like melts it, and she's like, ah, ha, 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 even quicker than yours, Lickstrin. <laughs> I give her a thumbs up in support. Uh, Alan A will summon, or will, uh, cast, uh, Chill Touch. And, uh, a large, uh, n- normally the spell is, uh, creates a skeletal hand. But Alanae's appears, and it's more, uh, like, claw-like, uh, kind of with this sort of green energies, fey, fey kind of bluish green, turquoise color. Um, and it like reaches up and like grabs one of them and starts crushing them. And you can see like the, the ooze just like comes out over the hand and spills out onto the ground Mm -hmm. as the, the sulfur fume rises. Um, off topic. Yes. Well, on topic. I always think it's so funny when, uh, players are like, they think they're like <laughs> they think they're like doing something by like okay it's AC is probably somewhere between like 15 and 16 so like they spend a lot of energy mid combat trying to figure out like it's AC and it's like you're going to try to roll better like it, it doesn't do anything <laughs> i see that happen all the time and i'm like yeah you got it's AC exactly good job <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, so we have. Let's see, we did. That's us, I think, except I think for Keitha. That's everyone except for Keitha. Hmm. So Keitha is going to step forward and draw her sword, mm-hmm. her long sword, and she's going to rush towards the fiend, the the succubus, Ashtaroth. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, the distance to cover between her and the fiend is like 50, 50 or 60 feet. So you see her run the 30 feet and I guess take an action to dash for the other 30 feet, yeah. right, to finish. Uh, and then as she gets there, she just goes, <sighs> and surges with action, intent, yeah, actual intent, uh, and uh, takes... Uh, two swings. Hell yeah. Uh, she, uh, slices at this, uh, fiend and, like, cuts the dress and the very tip of the blade just, like, you can see it, like, just very lightly cut here. Mm -hmm. Um, you sort of get the impression that this creature's resistant to non-magical damage. Yeah. So she does hit and deal damage, but not quite as much. Uh, And as she does that, she like swipes and then comes in for a stab with the tip of the sword. And she does manage to stab at uh, Ashtaroth, but she like clinks it right right, uh, sternum. Mm -hmm. There's a little like metal plate that's like a hook 
it's like connecting the lingerie part. The the blade like hits that and presses it in, and you can see the fiend like Ugh! like does take the damage, but again, probably resistant to yeah. non magical damage. Yeah. Uh, and so you see Keith is like engaged trying to fight um, uh, the uh, Ashroth, the the fiend. Uh, and with that, there are. I think there's only one blob left because Brayton missed with his Ray of Frost. Everyone else in your group fought one, and there were seven of them. Uh, so there's one left, and it is going to rush towards Brayton, mm-hmm. and it's going to like lob its pudding body at Brayton. Uh, but it misses. Uh, uh, Brayton's manages to kind of like step out of the way and it like splashes onto the ground and then reforms behind Brayton. Yeah. And when that happens, uh, Sid, Sid calls out, Brayton, no! Uh, and, uh, Sid looks pretty like energized, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the fiend, for her part, uh, kind of smirks at Keitha and says, why don't I give you something a little more uh, fitting for you to fight? Something you might actually have a chance against. Uh, and she, like, uses her wings to buff it and, like, fly backwards. And when she does that, Keitha uh, actually tries to attack her. Uh, and Keitha manages to swipe at her. And when Keitha does this... She catches the metal plate on her knee. Yeah. And the blade catches uh, and she like flings her, the fiend back down. And Fuck, uh, yeah. sort of like, uh, like when someone's so watchful that you might consider them like a sentinel. Uh, and so. I was wondering how you were going to pepper in sentinel. <laughs> and the fiend just kind of like still caught on the, the blade is like. How dare you? The disrespect. And you see her like raise one of her claws up yeah. to uh, oh. swipe at Keitha. Uh, and Keitha takes 20 points of damage, of slashing damage. Now, Keitha is a fifth level fighter. Good. So it is a significant blow, but only about half of her current hit points, which, uh-huh. again, significant, but not does not Deadly. take her down. Yeah. Uh, and you can see it, like, claw through the leather oh, no. uh, and, like, just tear into the armor. It's still intact, but it's definitely heavily damaged. Um, and uh, as, as that happens with her right claw, she pushes her... Uh, she, As that happens with her right claw, she extends her left claw behind her and snaps her fingers... And uh, sort of materializing uh, is a uh, winged devil creature that is small-sized. It's the same size as Lena, but the wingspan is massive. And it's got all these spines, and it's got a pole arm. Yeah. It, like, appears, and it's like... (laughs) Uh, And uh, she says... Your friends will suffer. I 
will feast on your flesh. Uh, and then it goes back to your turn. I would like to roll another insight check, if I may. Go ahead. Um, Fifteen. If this is not Hellas, it is a very convincing replication of, down to the like texture of the floor, the temperature, the the physicality of the space. Uh, there are certainly physical creatures that you're interacting with. Uh, Keitha looks like she has actually been struck and hurt. Uh, so if it's not Hellas, uh, I think your question was, is this a simulation? If yeah. it's a simulation... Or, or does Asheroth look like she's messing with us? Like playing with us? Oh, she us. definitely looks like she's playing with you. She even commented like, oh, I don't yes, usually play but, with your food. Yes, but is it like in a just beating you down a little bit way or like a I'm going to kill you but I'm having fun with it way cuz like I was saying menace the bear was like it was a game with him right. but you could tell it wasn't like a game in like a cruel fuck with you to death kind of way this certainly feels like a cruel fuck with you to death <laughs> sort of situation cool, cool. um with that in mind I will, um, if I may, I would uh-huh. like to firebolt. <laughs> Is there anything else I can do right now? Um, I'm going to call out to Ashtaroth. <laughs> I'm going to say, Ashtaroth. Yes? Can we make a deal? She turns her attention very quickly away from Keitha and up to you. Not like over to you. And when she does that, she like she like flicks her wrist towards Keitha and like telekinetically flings her across the room. Uh-huh. And walks towards you. And the Lemure looks like it's going to attack Brighton again. And uh, Sid uses their once a day ability, puts their finger, puts their two thumbs together, and causes like a giant gout of flame. His hand, their hands are just burning. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, and the flame just engulfs the the blob, and it melts. And uh, Sid kind of kneels to uh, uh, they. Off to the side, Sid and Brayden. And the spined devil kind of starts hovering as the battlefield seemingly, like, is clearing. And uh, the Archfiend is making her way to you. The spined devil is circling almost like a vulture above Uh you and her. Yeah. Back and forth. She says... What kind of deal are you interested in making? I get very nervous. Um, we're here for Bloodroot, which I've heard is in Alice. Um, if we could safely retrieve that, is there anything we can do for you? How interesting that a young mage is willing to 
give their soul for such something I didn't. so simple. I, ideally not that. Would you also like some blood root? She gets like within five feet of you. Like she's right next to you. And you see her bring her claws up to you. Like she's trying to do the gently stroke your cheek with the back of her hand. Do you let her? Uh, I um, tense up, but I don't stop it because I don't, I don't want to turn this violent. She sees you tense up, and just before she gets to you, she says, oh, You poor thing. So young and so naive. We don't do anything here in Hellas without consent first. And she, like, pulls her hand away, and she extends her index finger, uh, or index, like, claw, and she says, You need blood root. What is it you're willing to give me of your own volition? And before you can answer, uh-huh. uh, Zarda appears back in the center of the room, yeah. And you see her extend her arms left and right and create like a force bubble that ends like right in front of you, which is right, right in front of the demon. And you see her like right as, she, uh, right as the force bubble appears, she like extends her claws, but like smacks against the bubble. And you, uh, the, the fiend like hisses. Is this an anti-life shell? Uh, it looks like a force, like a wall of force, but oh, in like a dome shape. Okay. Uh, and uh, the dome is created sort of around all of you. The only person that's not in it currently is Keitha. And uh, you see, like, Zarda look, like, looks around, counts all of you, and is like, where's Keitha? Notices Keitha on the other side of the dome, and uh, the Archfiend says, I'm, I'm willing to help grab Keitha if... She's not too far. And then um, I want to cure her, her wounds as I grab her. Well, currently you're in the force bubble. Right. And there's no way out. Oh. But the Archfiend says, this one is mine. The price you pay for intruding where you're not wanted. And it, like, uses its wings to buff it to fly back over to Keitha. And you see Zarda, like roll her eyes like hard and then you see her teleport and arrive right next to Keitha and the archfiend is like like coming down claws open like ready to like snatch Keitha and then Zarda teleports back into the bubble Mm -hmm. with Keitha who's like laying there on the ground injured and uh, Zarda says all the you were trying to make a deal with her didn't know what to do. You left? I thought maybe she wanted... This is insane. We we need to get the blood root while we're here, or else it would have all been for naught. Did you make any progress? <laughs> or did you screw it up just like you... Did you get any blood root? Not yet. All right. She points over at, like, Sid and Brayton, yeah. and, she, and he's like, You too. Tend to her now. I'm going to open the the uh, the shell. You're going to run outside and get as much blood root as you can. I'll handle the uh, the succubus. Okay. Okay. 
and uh, she you see her like uh, clasp like her fists together, and the spell ends, and uh, the Archfiend like looks over and like launches into the air, and the Spine Devil and the Archfiend are coming towards Zarda, and she says now, and she creates the telekinetic hand that you saw before yeah. in Sheila's office, yeah. and she pushes you at like to the door. Mm-hmm. Um, and the force of it pushes the door open. Yeah. And you see, like, the hellscape. Mm-hmm. Like, crackling lightning and fire burning in the distance. But it looks... Cozy. It looks like the school. Like, the, the landscape is the same... Like, you see the same buildings, but yeah. they're, like, decrepit and like, even more magma-y, fiendish. Yeah. Maybe. Like, it's like... The same, but with like the magma filter over it, right? Yeah, like yeah, the yeah. hell filter over everything, but same general answer. You can see the city of Zalash like is in the distance, Damn. like just hellish version of. Uh, and you see like all along the base of the stairs, all these like weird blood viney, like they look like giant tentacles, but they're like bleeding, you know, what looks like blood for sap. I go, oh, no, I my knife away (laughs) 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 oh shit um you can hear like electricity crackling in the room like they're fighting zarda can i can i pull at it yeah when you get to it and you and you pull up it easily it pulls out easily cool um i take as much as i can fit in my bag oh absolutely yeah cool while that's hat, while you're like <laughs> hurriedly like like pulling it up and putting them in your bag, I know I saw the hellscape at a glance. Uh huh. I think I get a little distracted from pulling out the blood root and l- look a little like kind of get like lost in it for a moment of like make a perception check. Is there anything in particular that you are looking for or just looking to take notice of like what's around you? I'm looking at the conservatory. If there's anything noticeably like, huh, that's not in the other conservatory. Like um, um, a weird building or... Um, a door or a tower that I don't see, that I don't know to be of the normal conservatory. If anything, is like, we don't have that. Oddly enough, it is identical. Every building that is on the conservatory grounds, you see it here. Everything that you can see in the distance from the courtyard is the exact same as it would be uh, on the... Uh, on your plane, mm-hmm. um, everything looks different. It, uh, everything looks the same, except it has the like this is a hellish landscape filter. So there's magma and spurts of fire and gouts of flame coming up, and and uh, like you can see like uh, rifts, um, like uh, sulfur fumes coming up. But like all the structures and everything are absolutely identical. I still get lost in it for a moment. Sure. And then um, I grab the last of what I can and head back. Sure. When you run back in, you see uh, Zarda has both her hands extended 
and from her fingertips this like chain of lightning extending out to the uh to Astaroth and the spine devil and it looks like it's not just electrocuting them it almost looks like she has a hold of them with it mm-hmm. and she's screaming like rage scream ah! and she like turns to look at you and is like stop dilly dallying <laughs> i i don't nim walk i run to them and once you're like back with your friends she like lunges both hands forward as if to throw them back and she turns back to you and she says, it took you long enough, Miss Slickstrand. I'm sorry. And she like dashes over to where you guys are. And she says, everyone grab hands. I grab hands. And then she says, everyone close your eyes. I picture that I um, grabbed hands with Aerith and maybe Lena is to the other side of me. And Aerith was kind of like, hmm. And then Lena was kind of like, ugh. And then I'm like, give, give me your hands. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Um, once you've all grabbed hands, she tells you, close your eyes. Yeah. Do you? I bow my head down and keep my eyes open. Uh, once she thinks you've closed her eyes, she begins chanting in Infernal. And you hear her something similar to what she spoke before, like invoking names for power. Um, and then she says... Uh, Reveal the unseen in Infernal, she says. And when that happens, like, everything, like, like warps and pulls into one central point, And you're back in the same room that you were in when she performed the ritual. And everything looks normal. And Keitha is, like, bleeding. I cure wounds. Uh, you want to use one charge? or One charge. Oh, no. Do I add my wisdom? Uh, it would be, it's your spell casting ability. Oh, so intel? Yeah. Um, seven total. Sure. Uh, you watch as the wounds mostly heal. Uh, there's still obviously a lot of blood. Um, the armor is pretty severely damaged. Um, and and uh, it's like leather and chainmail kind of worked together. And even through the chainmail, it was cut. Like, the claws just slice through this non-magical metal like it was butter. Like butter. She said, she said reveal the unseen? Uh-huh. Okay. And then, uh, like, Zarda stands up and, like, you see her dusting herself off, but what she's doing is casting prestigitation. Yeah. It's pretty obvious. Uh, and she, like, does that and she's, like, just clean. Uh, and she looks down at you and says, uh, you have what you need? I nod. Not knowing what to say. Take what you need for your spell and deliver the rest to Diz. Get yourselves cleaned up. And she clasps her hands behind her back and walks out very calmly. And she gets to the door and turns and says, If I ever find out that you're in this building, without my permission, there will be severe consequences. I nod again. Just because you know the passphrase does not mean... You can or should use it. Take your friend to the infirmary. She turns and leaves. Keitha, are, are you okay? Uh, it stings. Yeah. 
I'm fine. And then she realizes, like, that you cured wounds. Right? Yeah. And she kind of, like, looks a little nervous. And not, like, mean, but very, like, I can do it myself. Kind of gives a little mini shove, you know, like, like stands up on her own. And, like, goes and grabs her sword and sheathes it. I was really worried about you. You looked scared. Well, that's a new one. <laughs> a mage being concerned about anyone but himself. Thank you for what you did. Of course. Let's not make it a regular thing. After all, it's my job to pull your asses out of the fire. I'll find my own way to the infirmary. Are you sure? I know where it is. Thank you for everything. Well, I've been assigned as your uh, permanent uh, uh, escort bodyguard. So I'm sure we'll be seeing more of each other in the future. And she kind of like r- rolls her eyes, gives a little like head shake, like, stay out of trouble when I'm not around, all right, Slickstrin? And then she turns and uh, leaves. Bye. Are you guys okay? I say to my friends. Everyone is like shell-shocked. Uh, except for Aerith. And Aerith is just beaming. She says, Oh yes, I'm sure they're fine. But one thing we should address. Uh, I think I, I finally proved that I'm better than you. What are you talking about? Well, your fire. I mean, it was it was... It was good, but it wasn't as impressive as mine. You were paying attention to that? What? I mean, no. That's a silly thing to pay attention to. Everything, what? <sighs> I'm going to be honest with you, Aerith. I didn't even see your firebolt. Well, I suppose the only one that needs to know I'm better than you is me. <laughs> okay. Um, Let's get out of this. This place kind of gives me the creeps. Chibi walks up to you. Here you go, Nymira! <laughs> okay, when you hand it to someone, it should be by the <laughs> by the handle so that they can grab it. Oh! Okay! It's okay, it's okay. Here, I, I kind of, like, grab it from her and hold it correctly. Um. You did a really good job. Yeah, I guess so. Would have been way cooler if I had just used a boom. You're right. But what you did was really cool. Are you sure you're not a fighter? Um. No. <laughs> well. Um. Everyone else okay? Lena? Brayden? Sid? Lena seems pretty quiet and is sitting on the ground, like, fetal position, like, arms around her legs. Yeah. And Percy's there, like, kind of chittering. I pictured Percy, the slightest bit, like, curled singe on, like, the edges of his white puff. (laughs) Just, like, slight little, like, char, little, like, anti-frosted tips. Like, does that thing where he, like, shakes, like, when dogs are wet and they shake. Uh Except it's, like, ash and soot. Just... (laughs) (laughs) Um, Brayden and Sid seem okay. The uh, Brayden was like, 
I was certain that that thing was going to kill me. But you saved me. And Sid's like, well, uh, I mean, anyone would have. Well, not anyone did. You, you did. And Sid's like, got their hand on the back of their neck like oh. anime bashful <laughs> yeah yeah Th- thank you Sid it means a lot and uh Alan A is just like that was so cool can we do that again um, I mean I, I guess think, maybe I think had Mr. Sardis said we absolutely could not do that again but did she say those words, though? Did she say explicitly, do not do this again? She said not without her permission. So maybe ask for help the next time you want a field trip to Hellas. Um, one second, though, okay? I go down to Lena, um, kind of at the front. She's, like, field position to her side. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of... Uh, squat down near her face um and i check in with her and ask um hey are you okay and as i'm doing so i would like to mage hand her shoes together if i may oh my god (laughs) (laughs) uh make a sleight of hand check hold on i gotta warm it up This is the most important role of the day. Oh. <laughs> A four. Uh, she doesn't actually notice, but Percy does. Mm-hmm. And Percy gives you like a... Like squints <laughs> at you. I give him a, um, a shush motion. Make a persuasion check. <laughs> a one. He like is on his hind legs. He's got his like little little ferret arms crossed. <laughs> and he like <clears throat> like like he's like walking towards you. Like <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> Holy shit. That's so funny. And he walks right up to you, like... A little kick. <laughs> yeah. Tiny. Just like, like, he, like, it would be like kicking your shin, but because he's so tiny, it's just like kicking your, like, boot. Just Can I scratch where, where, where he likes it? Yeah. <laughs> As he's like... <clears throat> he doesn't stop you, but he's like... That thing, like, when you tickle someone's neck and they, like, do the... Yeah. He's, like, doing that, trying to keep, like, an angry face. Mm -hmm. Make another persuasion check, but you have advantage because you're giving them scritches. Oh, Jesus. Twelve total. To the ferret. (laughs) (laughs) He begrudgingly, like... (laughs) Lena, are you okay? Yeah. Yeah, I'm 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 fine. That's pretty freaky down there. Oh, what? Hellas? Yeah. Yeah, it was alright, I guess. 
I look at her in the fetal position. She like sits up. She's like, yeah, my Hellas is cool. I just, I don't, I don't want to do the whole familiar thing. Oh. Because like, I like Percy how he is. I don't want to change him. And I don't want to replace oh, him. Yeah. So I think maybe I just not going to have one. I'm just, it would be better to keep him like that, you know? Do I know if the familiar spell is like part of passing first year? Uh, it does seem as though the implication is right you of mas- passage. master the spell, graduate the first year. Well, do you have to use it as like a Percy replacement? Can't you just, excuse me, can't you just do something else? You don't have to keep a familiar. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I just need some time to think. That's all. Sure. Come on, Percy. And she stands up. And she goes to take a step. And Percy's like... <laughs> like, gives the wait a minute finger, right? And tries to be like, wait, no! <laughs> but it just comes out as like a little ferret chitter. Like... <laughs> Uh, a little squeak, and she like goes to step, shoes tied, Ugh! and then like falls forward, and everyone in the group has like varying degrees of like laughing, mm-hmm. and except for Sid, mm-hmm. and Lena like is like on like fall fell forward on the ground. And, like, there's, like, a couple seconds where she doesn't get up. And I'm not sure what her reaction is. And she, like, kind of gets up a little bit. And you still can't see her face. And you just hear, like, a really soft sob. And she, like, goes to sit up and sees her shoes, like, tie together. And she just very slowly pulls a dagger out and, like, cuts the laces. And she's the dagger. And she stands up, and you can see her, like, wiping her face. And she says, got him. And she, like, you can you can hear her start to cry. And Percy, like, skitters up onto her shoulder and, like, rests around her neck. And she, like, slowly walks out. Brayton kind of giggled a little bit. Sid, like, turned to Brayton and gave him... Like a like a look like why are you why are you laughing and like Alan A was just like ha 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 like openly laughing and Aerith was like amused I'm amused <laughs> uh, and she was like ha ha Nelson laugh <laughs> but Lena seems pretty. Down. Alan, he says, Well, now that that's done, should we, like, go summon our familiars and stuff so we can have them? You guys go ahead. So, Alan, A, Brayton, Sid, and Chiwi all start to leave. And Aerith doesn't move and is just staring right at you. And she doesn't say anything until everyone leaves the building. Uh, that's her intent. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if you say anything before then. While no. the 
I let them all go. And so they get out. The door's kind of cracked open a little bit. And Aerith is there. And once they're out of sight, Aerith says, It's not about you, Zlikstrin. I'm not trying to be better than you. I'm trying to be better than everyone. Why? My parents said that I had to be the best or that I meant nothing to them. All they care about is my prestige as a mage. That's really rough. I am sorry that you have to walk through that with that belief. I'm a little relieved to hear that that's not your own belief that someone else is telling you that you have to be better than everyone. But, um, I, I don't think that's any way to live. I'm sorry, I don't know what to say right now. Because I'm worried that I messed things up with Lena. And... I can see that she's hurting. And I don't know what to do. I thought she'd feel better from that, but she didn't. And she doesn't know what she's doing here, and... While you're talking, Aerith timidly approaches you and very awkwardly when she's standing like right in front of you she just puts her arms up like in a hugging motion and just stands there I walk into her hug without hugging her back (laughs) um you like lean against her she just keeps her hands hovering there she doesn't like fully embrace you and she's like i I assume that means you'd like a hug yes please she like puts her arms and you can feel her like interlace her fingers around you and she just stands there i cry a little um School is so much different than I thought it would be. (sighs) This year's been great, but... I'm... questioning myself more than I ever have, and... I feel like I'm... trying so hard to be... the person that everyone can talk to and say the right things to make someone feel better but between Zarda and my family and you guys I just I'm struggling to find myself isn't that what school is for I'm sorry, I don't mean to sound insensitive, but that's what we're all here for, isn't it? I nod. Yeah, 
So in that case, wouldn't it? Ooh. I'm having trouble finding the words, Lickstrin. You're making this difficult. <laughs> I laugh a little and kind of exit the embrace to look at her while we're talking. If it's what we're all here to do, and you're doing it, isn't that a sign that making progress? Yeah, I guess so. I just think I messed things up with Lena. I don't want her to feel bad. I'm sure if Lena was here to listen to you say these things about somebody else, that Lena would say... And she, like, kind <clears> of... <throat> to try to do the best, like, <sighs> Lena impression she can. She, uh, like, clears her throat and kind of, like, looks like she's settling in. And she's like... I was going to say, I imagine that Aerith has the worst impressions. Oh, 100%. Ever. Just bad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Friggin', um, just like a friggin', friggin', you know, friggin', I don't know. She says that, that word a lot. Just not really sure, you know, how it's used properly, but... I, I, the point is, I'm sure that she would say something like, "It's up to each one of us to gauge, you know, the things that make us happy and the things that make us sad. If she's sad right now, you have to let her feel that way, because you can't change the fact that she's feeling sad. She wants to reach out and tell you why she's feeling sad. And if it is because of your moderately funny prank, then let her do that on her own time. And when she's ready to talk with you about it, and if that is the case, figure out how to avoid a situation like that in the future. After she finishes that sentence... I go in for one of those, like, quick hugs, mm -hmm. really tight, and then I break away from it just as tightly, and I sniff a little, and I go, thanks, Aaron. She turns away, or she's looking the other direction, and she says, you're welcome, Slickstrin. Nightmare. She kind of blushing a little bit. We should get out of here. Just the two of us. Oh, you mean out of the building? The room. Uh huh. Ah, yes. That's probably uh. We sh let's. Yes. We should go. Yes. Before I leave, leave. Earth goes first. I have another lingering look at this room see if there's any I'm so amazed how it shifted one way and back that I'm checking for any like last minute glimmer or just like in awe of Hellas in my mind make an investigation check <laughs> I got two 20s earlier right now I have two ones cha cha Fuck. Fuck. 
it does still stick out in your mind how identical it was. Yeah. Right? Even the inside of the room was identical, seating and all. The only real difference is that there were, like, skulls on... <laughs> and a fucking you know. succubus. Well, yeah. <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> it just... It, it's really odd that it was so identical. I shut the door. How could you say that? It's a good thing we're marked not safe for work. Man, if you don't speak French, that was all very funny. <laughs> Trailing off. Yeah, that's angrily walking You might call them duck trails. Woohoo! <laughs> okay, we're done for the day. <laughs> that's uh, the first of outtakes I can actually use. Yay! We'll put that in as a little... What do you mean? That's going in the show. That's great. <laughs> that was fantastic. That was right after a heartfelt moment. Okay, sure. <laughs> Uh, well, I, that brings us to the end of uh, session five. Sorry. <laughs> uh, we covered a lot. We got everything. Yeah, you have all the components. Uh, you. I'm going to make a familiar of all three. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. It's going to be way cooler than anyone else's. <laughs> um, yeah, you, you have all the components. Some little... some. Fun uh, dealing with uh, Gildara and Menace. Yeah. Uh, some not so much fun dealing with... Uh, Almost selling your soul for uh, yeah. some school supplies. Yeah, yeah. Our U.S. American teachers do that every single day. Yeah. It's really good to raise, aware- <laughs> it's really good to raise awareness about situations like that. Yeah. We covered a lot. Yeah. And it's a good place to stop... And with that, we leave uh, Nymira for now, and uh, we will pick up next session with... Feeling different. (laughs) (laughs) Feeling different. Feeling feelings. Feeling feelings. Feeling feelings. And knowing that uh, you can't change uh, how other people feel. You have to let them feel feel their feelings. Um, We'll pick up next week with... uh, Oh, we have to address your letter home. Uh-huh. And, uh... We don't have to give them too much. Oh, yeah. Well, then, fine. We won't give them, <laughs> we won't give them too much. Uh, People listen to this podcast backwards anyway. <laughs> um, Goodbye for now. Thanks for listening. Uh, bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. Bye-bye. <laughs>